Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All the praises are to Allah. We praise Him and seek His aid and ask His forgiveness. And may the peace and blessings and salawat be upon His slave and messenger Muhammad, His house of kin, His companions, and all who follow them exactly until the day of judgment. <coughs> we start, inshaAllah, today with the three questions of the grave. And this uh, book speaks about that subject from a particular aspect. First of all, what, he, what we have learned in the first book, which is the four uh, fundamental principles from the Qur'an, it was meant, or this book was written, to differentiate between the true monotheistic believer and the one who claims so but isn't by or through those four fundamental principles from the Qur'an. So now it is clear to you, it is very, very clear to you who is upon the right religion and who is not. Who is really the monotheistic believer and who is not. Now what you need to know is that this whole religion is based upon that fact, is based upon monotheism. It is based upon worshipping Allah alone. And this is what this book will prove. Because knowing Allah, what are the three questions of the grave? Who is your Lord? Who is? Uh, oh, uh, what is your deen? What is your religion? And who is your prophet? Alayhi Kadalik? Alayhi means, isn't that so? And if it's uh, affirming, you say bala. And if it's negating, you say na'am. Why? Because the question was negated in a negated uh, sequence. If I say alaysa kathalik, if it's affirming, you say bala. If it's negating, you say na'am. But if I tell you kathalik, kathalik here, there's no, in this question, there's no form of negating. So you say, if I t ask you kathalik, ahuwa kathalik, you say na'am, if you want to affirm. And if you want to negate, you say la. Anyways, so you say, alaysa kathalik, bala. So, knowing your Lord leads you, has to lead you to something, to a conclusion. Knowing your deen has to lead you to a conclusion, or leads you to a conclusion. Knowing your Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam leads you to a conclusion. All these conclusions are one, one conclusion. All these three questions of the grave are based upon one thing, which is worshipping Allah alone. How? You might ask how? Knowing who is your Lord. When you know who is your Lord, as we said in the first principle, that uh, all the mushrikeen, even the mushrikeen of Quraysh, they believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only creator, is the only provider, is the only one who disposes the affairs, is the only one who brings life after death and vice versa. What's the benefit of this knowledge? Knowing this, what will it lead you to? What will it drive you to do? If you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who created you, you won't turn 
to other than Him. If you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who provided you and no one else, you won't ask provision from other than Him. Isn't that so? Alisa kadalik? So, knowing your Lord leads you to worshipping Him alone. Islamic monotheism. This leads to that. It has to lead to that. And because, yani basically acting upon this knowledge, knowing that Allah, yani, uh, singling out Allah and His Lordship, this knowledge, acting upon it, is worshipping Him alone. Acting upon knowing your Lord is worshipping Him alone. The mushrikeen, the polytheists, did not act upon this knowledge. That's why that knowledge was a, wasn't of any use to them. That's why in the end of every verse where the speech is directed to the polytheists, asking them if they affirm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only creator, the only provider, the last or the end of the verse, it's always a call to what they haven't acted upon. As in the verse in Surah Yunus that we have mentioned many times before. قُلْ مَنْ يَرْزَقُكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَمَّا يَمْلِكُ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَبَصَارِ Say, who provides you from the heavens and then the earth, etc. At the end of the verse, what does it say? It says, فَقُلْ أَفَلَا تَتَّقُونَ Then say, won't you fear Allah? Meaning, won't you act upon what you have affirmed? واضح هذا؟ Meaning, you believe in those things. You believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only creator, the only provider, etc. If you do believe so, then this, this should lead you to worship Him alone and to leave whatever you worship besides Him. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala set up as evidence against the polytheists their own belief. If you believe so, do so. Act upon it. Act upon what you believe. So this knowing, when, when, when it, you are asked in the grave, of course you are asked in the grave and everyone is asked in, the, in his grave, two angels shall come to him and sit him down and ask him, who is your Lord? What is your religion? Who is this prophet that's ha that has been sent to you? The only one who will be firm at that moment is the monotheistic believer. Because he who worshipped his Lord knows who's his Lord. Knows not just, not just in, in his heart. Knows both in heart and action. Well, the, the second question that you shall be asked, what is your religion? What is your religion? Knowing what your religion is will lead you to the same conclusion. Worshipping Allah alone. How is it so? What is the meaning of Islam? As we explained before, we have explained before, is Islam, which is being submissive, surrendering, giving your all to Allah. Giving your all to Allah, doesn't it mean worshipping Him alone? Hmm? Nah. So the actual meaning of Islam is worshipping Allah alone. 
So knowing, when you're asked, what is your deen? تقول ديني الإسلام What is al-Islam? Al-Islam, as we shall explain, insha'Allah, means what? What is al-Islam? Al-Islam is surrendering, surrendering all your actions and your intentions all to Allah. You're all, all given to only Him. So the actual, the reality of the religion of Islam is worshipping Allah alone. So knowing your Islam will lead you to the same conclusion as knowing your Lord or not? Same conclusion. Tayyib the third, knowing your Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa it leads to the same conclusion. How so? What has the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa called to? Didn't he, did, did he not call to worshipping Allah alone? As he said to his people, قُلُوا لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تُفْلِحُوا سَيْلَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And you shall be successful. This was his call from the beginning until the end. Even at his time of death, he used to say, May Allah curse the Jews and the Christians. They have taken the graves of their prophets as places of prayer. See, even at his time of death, he was calling to only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to worship only Allah. So knowing your messenger, An example, knowing his biography, what has he called to, will lead you to this conclusion, that the, the messenger was sent for this purpose, with this message. What is the message? وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ We have sent out in every ummah a messenger proclaiming what? Worship Allah. See? This is the, the message of the messengers from the beginning of Nuh. Very good. Why not Adam? Huh? Ah, was it, what, what was he? Prophet. Very good. So beginning of Nuh. MashaAllah. From the beginning of Nuh until Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is what we're going to focus on. Meaning, meaning when we talk about who is our Lord, we will talk about the conclusion it leads to. When we talk about what is Islam, we're not going to talk about Salah, we're not going to talk about uh, yani in detail, giving the details of Salah. That he, no, we're going to talk about Islam from the aspect of giving that conclusion. And when we talk about knowing our Prophet وسلم, we're not going to talk about uh, his wives, his, uh, the names of his uh, companions. No, we're going to talk about th uh, th uh, knowing the Prophet وسلم, from that particular aspect. This is what this, is book, what, what this book is about. So after you had learned in the first book how to differentiate between the real monotheistic believer and he who claims so but isn't, this book will make you understand or make you know the obligation of worshipping Allah alone through those three questions of the grave. Understood? Through those three questions, it will lead you to this conclusion that the, the most, the highest obligations is to worship Allah alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we start, inshallah, with this book. This book was parted into three parts. The first part is an introduction, and the introduction itself is parted into three parts. 
Then we have the main topic, then we have a conclusion or an ending, the ending of the book. And the ending of the book contained several benefits concerning this issue, the issue of Islamic creed and worshipping Allah alone. So we start, inshaAllah. He says the three fundamental principles. يَقُولْ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ In the name of Allah. What does Bismillah mean? Bismillah. What does it mean? What does in the name of Allah mean? Hmm? We begin. We begin in the name of. What does in the name of Allah mean? Taking. Remembering. With the aid of Allah. Very good. Huh. Naam. Sorry. Giving out. Tayyib. Jazakallahu khairan. Naam. Tafadhal. For the sake of Allah. Tayyib. We shall know, inshaAllah, what the meaning of Bismillah is in its time, inshaAllah. But remember those answers that you have given, inshaAllah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I'lam rahimakallah annahu yajibu alayna ta'allumu arba'i masail. No. May Allah have mercy on you. Rahimakallah, when it is said, I'lam rahimakallah, it contains two things. It contains forgiving the past sins and guiding you to stay, to avoid sins in the future. So, rahimakallah, when someone says, rahimakallah, what does that dua contain? It contains two things. Forgiving the past sins. Secondly, protecting you from falling into sins in the future. But when it is said to you, Allahu lak, it's only the first. Understood? Which is forgiving the past sins. So when it is said to you, Allahu lak, that means, may Allah forgive your past sins. Whereas, it was, if it was said to you, Rahimakallah, that means, may Allah for, forgive your past sins and guide you or protect you from falling into sins in the future. So the, the author started with asking Allah for you. Asking Allah that He has mercy on you, that He forgives your past sins, and that He guides you. Because the author is very keen on saving you, that be, being a reason, one of the reasons to save you from the hellfire. In the sense of teaching you your religion. So he says, No, I'lam rahimakallah annahu yajibu alayna. That it is obligatory for us to know those issues. Annahu yajibu alayna ta'allumu arba'i masail. Four issues. Yajib, that means it is obligatory. It is not something preferred. Why? Because those three things or those four, th four things are necessary for every Muslim to know and for every Muslim to act upon. He says, first, Al-Ula, Al-Ilm. Al-Ilm. Wahuwa ma'rifatullah, knowledge. And knowledge is knowing Allah. Ma'rifatullah. Wa ma'rifatu nabiyyihi. And knowing his, message, his prophet. Wa ma'rifatu deen al-Islami bil-adillah. And knowing the religion of Islam with evidence. This is knowledge. This is knowledge. Every knowledge. Hmm? Is this every knowledge? Every knowledge is knowing Allah? Hmm? What about the worldly knowledge? Hmm? Chemistry, physics, logic. Huh. 
every term or some, uh, some terms have two meanings. Some terms, especially the terms used or spoken by Allah or His Messenger, have two meanings. A linguistic meaning and an Islamic meaning. Terms. Those are Arabic terms. Arabic words. But sometimes, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks or uses that Arabic word, He wants a particular meaning. When the Prophet sallallahu speaks of a word, He might want a particular meaning other than the linguistic meaning it was upon. So, some terms, especially the terms used in Sharia, have two meanings. The first is a linguistic meaning. What do we mean by, by saying a linguistic meaning? Meaning the meaning that the Arabs wanted from this word. The Arabs have used this word to express something, a meaning or an object. This is called a linguistic meaning taken from the language. But sometimes to the Arabic word, to some Arabic words, there is an Islamic meaning. What do we mean when we say Islamic meaning? It means an, a meaning defined by Islam, either by the Quran, by the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Quran of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The term bid'ah, bid'ah, what does it mean? Hmm. Innovation? No. New things? Like what? Huh? Anyone else? Is that meaning the right meaning? The one he has mentioned? No. Adding something into the deen. So most of you here, when I mentioned the word bid'ah, you recognize which meaning? Islamic meaning. But that's not the same meaning of bid'ah in the linguistic meaning. In the Arabic language, do you know what al-bid'ah means? Al-bid'ah means anything new. Anything that did not exist, then existed, is called a bid'ah. Anything. That means we are all bid'ah. Yes, why? Because we didn't exist. The heavens and the earth are a bid'ah. Why? Because they didn't exist. In the Quran, what does it say? Badi'u samawati wal ard. Badi'. Badi' is from the word bid'ah. Badi'u samawati wal ard. What does it mean? The originator of the heavens and the earth. Badi'u samawati wal ard. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say as in Surah Al-Ahqaf Surah Al-Ahqaf يقول قل ما كنت بدعا من الرسل بدعا قل ما كنت بدعا من الرسل وما أدري ما يفعل بي ولا بكم Surah number 46 verse number 9 Verse number 
Say, O Muhammad, I am not a new thing among the messengers of Allah. A new, so, which meaning is this? Huh? A new thing. Is it the linguistic meaning or the Islamic meaning? Linguistic meaning. Everything new is a bid'ah. Right. Then, this very term, bid'ah, was used by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa What did he say? Kullu bid'atin dalalah. Kullu bid'atin dalalah. Every bid'ah is a, uh, is a string, is a dalala, or is error. So does that include, include us because we are all new things here? Why? That's an Islamic meaning. What's the difference between the Islamic meaning and the linguistic meaning? The difference is always, or in most cases, that the Islamic meaning is particular. The Islamic meaning is particular. The Islamic meaning specifies the linguistic meaning. The Islamic meaning specifies the linguistic meaning. Why? What does the word bid'ah mean in the Arabic language? Anything new. An innovation. If you're asked which innovation, any innovation. Anything new. But in Islam, huh? No, something was specific. Something specifically new. Understood? Another example? Another example. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Qul inna salati wa nusuki, you know the verse, wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. Nusuki. What does nusuki mean? Sacrifice, very good. Is that the same meaning of nusuk in the Arabic language? No. In the Arabic language, the term nusuk, or the word nusuk, it means worship. Any type of worship. As one of the companions said to the Prophet Sallallahu Do you see the things we used to, or the rituals, we used to worship Allah with before Islam. He says, Natanasak means that we worship. So, Nusuk in the Arabic language, what does it mean? Any type of worship. Covers all, an umbrella term that covers all types of worship. But in Islam, and in this verse also in particular, Qul inna salati wa nusuki. What meaning is it? Huh? Sacrifice. So it is a, sp a specific type of worship. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Baqarah, فَفِدِيَةٌ مِنْ صِيَامٍ أَوْ صَدَقَةٍ أَوْ نُسُكٍ In Surah Al-Baqarah, in the verses of Al-Hajj. Nusuk means sacrifice. Another example, or is it clear? The third example will be this one over here. Al-ilm. Uh -huh. Al-ilm. What does it mean? 
Now we, when we, when when it was said to us, uh, and regarding the term bid'ah, I'd like to clarify to take this opportunity to clarify a misunderstanding to a lot of people. When Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu said to the people regarding Salat al-Taraweeh, what did he say? Ni'mat al-bid'ati hadhi. Ni'mat al-bid'ati hadhi. What does ni'mat al-bid'ati hadhi mean? Is what a good bid'ah this is. What a good bid'ah this is. Now, what did he say, or what did he call a bid'ah? Huh? Salat al-Taraweeh, ahsanti. Salat al-Taraweeh. What's the Islamic meaning of bid'ah? Anything new in, in religion? Is Taraweeh new in religion? Why? The Prophet did it. The Prophet sallallahu is the one who prayed, then they prayed behind him, then on the second day, the people increased. Then on the third day, the masjid got filled up. Then there were fourth, on the fourth day, he did not come out. Then after that, he came out and he said, I didn't forget, but I feared that it would, or that you would take it as a, an obligation. Then he left it, sallallahu alayhi wa But he did it. And anything that he, that he did is recorded as a, Sunnah, which is opposite? Vida'ah, mashallah. Which is opposite al vida'ah. So he left it. He died, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then came the khilafah of Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu. Then Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, passed away. Then came the khilafah of Umar. Then passed half of the khilafah of Umar. Then Umar saw the people praying in different jama'at. Two here, three there, one there. So he gathered them all on one, behind one imam. Behind one imam. Taraweeh. Did he do something new? Hmm? Who said yes? Okay. The one who said yes, that is a correct answer. And the one who says no, is a correct answer as well. How is that so? Yes, it is something new because he was the first to practice the sunnah. So what's new here? Practicing the sunnah. This is new. No one has practiced this sunnah after the Prophet sallallahu And the people who said, uh, so we said, it is something new from that aspect. It is not something new from which aspect? That the Prophet did it. So it is a sunnah. So, if I were to call Salat al-Taraweeh a bid'ah, would I be wrong? The people who said yes are right. And the people who said no are right as well. Beautiful. Depends which meaning I want. If I meant that it is a bid'ah from the aspect that it is a new thing that wasn't before, that's true because the Prophet 
did not pray before then, he prayed it after. So it's something new or not? Something new but linguistically. Understand? Linguistically. Yeah, not technically. Not Islamically. This is a bid'ah? Islamically? No. Linguistically. Wadih? And the people who said Salat al-Tarawih is not a bid'ah, they are right if they mean by bid'ah the Islamic meaning because it is not innovation in religion. So the Islamic meaning of al-bid'ah is the innovation in religion. Now when Umar ibn Khattab came out uh, after he gathered the people and he said, what a bid'ah, what a good bid'ah this is. Now, we, we either say two things. We either say that Umar meant by the bid'ah, the Islamic bid'ah, and this would be a contradiction. Why? Because Umar knows huh, that who prayed taraweeh in jama'ah? Who? The Prophet sallallahu So it is impossible for, for him to call it a bid'ah and want the Islamic meaning. So which meaning did he want? The linguistic meaning. Meaning, this is something new. How? I'm the first one to imply it. After the Prophet ﷺ left it. This is something new, but it is not new in religion. It is not new in religion. Because a lot of people, and even some who refer themselves to knowledge, a lot of people, they say, no, when Umar said, that he is categorizing the sunnah into uh, the bid'ah into a good bid'ah and a, a good Islamic bid'ah and a bad Islamic bid'ah. Why? Based upon him not knowing the difference between the Islamic usage of a word and the linguistic usage of a word. Understood? As-salah, what does it mean? As-salah. Prayer. That's not the meaning of as-salah in the Arabic language. Dua, sent. Dua means salah. Salah means dua. As in the saying, it is also in the Quran. Using the term salah for, the, for its linguistic original usage, it is in the Quran. خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِّرُ In Surah Al-Tawbah. تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ What does صَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ Take them as a prayer mat and pray over them? No. Make dua for them. لكن أقيم الصلاة Islamic meaning واضح If this is understood and crystal clear then the term علم also has a Islamic meaning other than the linguistic meaning the linguistic meaning to علم is which knowledge? any knowledge any knowledge Sihr, is it ilm? Yes. Sihr, it's a knowledge. Chemistry, physics, etc. All knowledge. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ Those who fear Allah the most are the people of knowledge. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَيَرَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ And the people of knowledge see that which has been sent down from your Lord as a truth. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, 
in Surah Al-Imran, Shahid Allah anahu la ilaha illa huwa wal malaikatu wa ulul ilm. Allah bears witness that no deity is worthy of worship except him. And the angels bear that witness and the people of knowledge. Does he mean the wizards and the uh, physics and the... Uh, huh? Then who? What is meant by al-ilm in, in the Quran and in the Sunnah? The Islamic meaning. What is the Islamic meaning? This that is mentioned right here. It is knowing Allah and his prophet and the religion of Islam. Because this is the ilm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised the people of it with. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is, doesn't mean we're neglecting the uh, other types of knowledge. No, other types of knowledge could be an obligation as well if the people need it. But we are simply saying, that means don't get me wrong, we are simply saying that the meaning of al-ilm as a term used in the Quran and in the Sunnah is the Islamic meaning, not the linguistic meaning. Therefore, don't generalize it. Because this is an Islamic meaning. And the proof to this is, is plenty. And this is agreed upon unanimously by the scholars. That's why Ibn Hajar, the author of Fath al-Bari, the explanation of al-Bukhari, he said, وَالْعِلْمُ هُوَ الْعِلْمُ And the knowledge is the Islamic knowledge. This is something agreed upon. And the Prophet sallallahu said, مَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُفَقِّهُ he who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for will make him comprehend what? Religion. Religion. So this is the Islamic meaning of al-ilm. That's why he said, Al-ilm huwa ma'rifatullah wa ma'rifatu nabiyyihi wa ma'rifatu din al-islam al-adillah. So this is the knowledge. Second, al-amalu bih. This is the first thing you should know. Second, acting upon this knowledge. Because knowledge with no action is just like a tree with no fruits. It is of no use. And the whole point of knowledge is the action that comes after it. Otherwise, he who knows many but he doesn't act upon his knowledge, is his knowledge of any benefit to him? No. Rather, his knowledge is evidence against him in the hereafter. He will be punished for not acting upon his knowledge. So he said, second is acting upon it. Third is calling to it. When you are given this knowledge, alhamdulillah, and you acted upon it, you, it is not permissible for you to keep it to yourself, but you have to share it to others. Because certainly, you will have brethren, relatives, people under your care. People that you run into who have fallen into something contradicting this knowledge that you have. And the Prophet ﷺ said, as in the hadith recorded in Bukhari, he said, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه Verily, one does not completely believe until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. And the Prophet said, مَن رَأَ مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرًا فَلْيُغَيُّ أَحْسَنْتُمْ أَحْسَنْتُنَّ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ فَلْيُغَيُّرُهُ بِمَاذَا بِيَدِهِ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِلِسَانِهِ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِقَلْبِهِ مَن رَأَ مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرًا 
whoever saw a munkar, a wrongdoing, etc. Let him change it with, if he can't, with his tongue. If he can't, with his heart. How is changing with your heart? H hating it? Just hating it? Hmm? Keeping away from it. Leaving the place where Al-Munkar is. Wadih? So, Whoever saw a munkar, let him change it with his hands. I can't with my hands. But I have knowledge. And I can use my tongue to call to the good and forbid the evil. That as long as I can and I'm capable, this is if I have, if I obtain knowledge, then I call to it. And I don't keep that knowledge for myself. This is the third, which is calling to it. Fourth, it's being patient with the harm that befalls due to it. And we have explained the levels of patience in the first book. Being patience for all of what is mentioned. Being patience for the sake of seeking knowledge. And practicing it and calling to it. And the proof of this is Allah saying, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Of course, the full quote, as the author mentioned it here, is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wal-Asr, inna al-insana lafi khusr, illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihati wa tawasaw bil-haqqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr. He said, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Bismillah. A word that a lot of people don't know the meaning to. And if they do, a lot of what they do will be blessed. They will get the blessings from their Lord and the aid. The blessings and the aid. Bismillah means I seek the blessings from Allah and His aid. You might ask, where did you get that meaning from? It does not say, seek the blessings of my Lord or seek His aid. It says, Bismillah, in the name of Allah. We say, because the bat here, you see this bat over here? This bat over here. Just one letter, but many meanings in the Arabic language. Many meanings in the Arabic language. This bat here could be used to mean reasoning. Reasoning. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُ عَنْ كَثِيرٍ And in another verse, which is in Surah Al-Ahqaf, the surah that we have just referred to a moment ago. Al-Ahqaf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ In Surah number 46, verse number 14. Please pay attention. It says, أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ What's the interpretation? Such shall be the dwellers of paradise, abiding therein a reward for what they used to do. That means because of what they used to do. Because of what they used to do. 
And in the, in the previous verse that I have mentioned, uh, And whichever calamity befalls you, it is because of what your own hands have earned. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said, that is because of what your because of what your own hands have earned. B. So B here, the bat here, gives the meaning of what? Reasoning. But that's not the only meaning it is used for. It's used for many meanings. One of the meanings as well uh, as well of the bat is in. I N. I N. As in the saying of Allah. When Allah called Musa. Ah, what's the continuation of the verse? B. Very good. Because of the wadi? Huh? Not the same meaning? Why? Doesn't make sense, doesn't it? wadi that means in the wadi. In the sacred wadi. wadi. So... The second meaning of uh, alba is what? In. In. Another. When Sulaiman said to the Hudhud, he said to him, Go with this message of mine. What did he say? Idhab bi kitabi. Go because of my message? Yes? Uh, go in my message? Huh? With, with it. Go with it. Fly with it to Sheba. Seba. Some, uh, 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 another meaning of the bat is seeking aid. Seeking aid. Like katabtu bilqalam. I wrote with the pen, meaning with its aid. Because the pen helps you in writing. Wadih? I opened by the key. By the aid of the key. Many meanings. Tayyib. What meaning can we apply here in Bismillah to? Of the meanings mentioned. The meanings are, are, are plenty. But two of what we have mentioned. First one is? Huh? Reason, reasoning? Because of the name of Allah? Doesn't make sense. The scholars said that there are two meanings here that are applied in Bismillah. That's why I tell you the key of understanding the Book of Allah. And the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is the Arabic language because it was revealed in this language. See? See how many meanings we, we know now of Alba? And before, we might have known just one meaning. And we have, if we were applying one meaning on every Ba' available, what would happen? A lot of misunderstanding. Wadih? And this is, this is the reason. Tayyib. Alba' here. As the scholars said, it gives two meanings. Two meanings are applicable here. The first meaning is seeking aid. The second meaning is accompanying with. Yani by, with the meaning of with. 
and the second one by the aid, with the aid. As uh, as we say in the morning invocations, Bismillahilladhi la yadurru ma'a ma'a smihi shay. Originally, it is said like this: Bismillahilladhi la yadurru bismihi shay. But see how the Prophet ﷺ expressed the ba with another word, clarifying its meaning. Subhanallah. He said, Bismillahilladhi la yadurru ma'a. This is an explanation. Ma'a is an explanation to the bi. Ma'a smihi shay. That means the ba here is the meaning of accompanying. Basically, it means I accompany or I take with me the name of Allah. This is what it means. What's the benefit of taking with you the name of Allah? Huh? With the name of Allah comes what? The blessings. Al-Barakah. Because the blessings is only from Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the meaning of Al-Barakah is the uh, lordly goodness. The goodness from Allah. This is the meaning of al-barakah. The second meaning that could be applied here is aid. Bismillah, yani I seek the aid of Allah. Because it's one of the meanings here. So bismillah means I seek the aid of Allah. Tayyib. If I were to come to you and say, like seeking aid, what did I say as an example? I said, Katabtu bil bil qalam. I wrote with the help of the pen. If I were to come to you and, I, and say, bil qalam, just like that, out of the blues, and come to you and say, bil qalam, would that make sense? Huh? If I come to you and say, bil muftah, just like that. I didn't say anything before. I just came to you, said, Assalamu alaikum, bil muftah. Does it make sense? No. Why? Because it needs a verb to complete the sentence. It needs a verb to complete the sentence. This is very important. You might uh, think that this is far from what we are in now. This is very important. If you believe, if you know the meaning of, la, of Bismillah, it will affect your life. Trust me, from tomorrow, from today. From the minute you leave here. So there has to be a verb continuing the sentence. This is an incomplete sentence. Bil qalam. What is bil qalam? By the pen. What do you mean? By the pen what? By the key. By the key what? By the key what? So there has to be a verb. What is that verb? In bismillah. Bismillah is the same. When you say bismillah, it's the same as saying bil qalam. Bil Muftah. What does it mean? I say, the verb you put here to continue the sentence is, depends upon where you say Bismillah. Okay? So in front of every action, uh, Bismillah. What's the action? Drinking. Take from that action a verb. Uh, English, no problem. Drink. A verb. Bismillahi ashrab. 
That's what it means. Bismillahi ashrab. Okay. Bismillahi rahmani rahim. Bismillahi what? I read. Very good. When I leave the house. Bismillah. I leave. When I enter the house. Bismillah. I enter. Huh. Wadih? Is this clear? This is what it means. So basically, when you say Bismillah, you ask the aid of Allah in that which you are going to do, and you ask His blessings by mentioning His name. This is the meaning of Bismillah. Can I write it? طيب. Write the whole meaning? طيب. I will write it inshallah. Bismillah, that means I seek the aid of Allah. طيب, you might ask a question. Here, it didn't say the first meaning we can get, seeking Allah's uh, blessings or, or uh, mention, mentioning or, or with the name of Allah. Here, this is clear because it says bism. And what does ism mean? Name. name. But in the second meaning, we don't get it. Because in the second meaning, you said, I seek the aid of Allah. And the B, what came after the B, is the name, not Allah. So you can say, seek the aid of Allah. So why don't we say, seek the aid of the name itself? Is the question understood? The answer to this is simple. Because when it is said, Bismillah, why the, the ism is there? Because it means... Seek the blessings of Allah by mentioning His name. Through mentioning His name. Otherwise, if I were to do wudu and say Bismillah in my heart, not on my tongue, is it enough? No. Or when I eat, if I say Bismillah but in my heart, is it enough? No, I have to say it with my tongue, otherwise it's not enough. It doesn't do what it does without mentioning the name. And the proof to this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la. What does subhanallah mean? Sabbih. Sabbih. Subhanallah. Same thing. Subhanallah. What does it mean, subhanallah? Naam? Glorifying. That means it's the same meaning as Ta'zeemullah. Yes, because Ta'zeem, according to what they said, Ta'zeem means glorifying. Ta'zeem means glorifying. But Sabbih, the very accurate meaning of Tasbih, is denying all the attributes of imperfection. From, uh, to, from Allah. That means when I say that Allah doesn't have a son, here I did tasbih. That means I have not referred the attribute of imperfection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is called subhanallah. So, do we glorify Allah or His name? Mm. Allah 
as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another verse, Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun. But why, why did it say in the verse, Sabbihisma Rabbika Lala? Because it means do that by saying Subhana Rabbi Al A'la with your tongue. Yani do the tasbih by saying Subhana Rabbi Al A'la. Otherwise, he who believes in his heart that Allah is free from any attributes of imperfection has done tasbih. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted that tasbih to, do, to be delivered by the tongue, says, It means do that mentioning his name. Wallahu ta'ala alam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. And we continue, inshallah, after the break. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Once again. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. All the praises are to Allah. We praise him and seek his aid and ask his forgiveness. And may the peace and blessings and salawat be upon his slave and messenger Muhammad, his house of kin, his companions and all who follow them exactly until the day of judgment. So now, inshallah, we know what the meaning of Bismillah is. And basically, <clears throat> it is, I seek only Allah's blessings and aid in every thing I do. This is a simple, plain, Meaning of Bismillah. Understood? Understood? I seek only Allah's blessings and aid in everything I do or in what I'm, what I'm about to do. Yani if you say Bismillah in a, in a, in a, in a specific uh, situation, in, in whatever I do, I seek Allah's aid and His blessings. This is the meaning of Bismillah. Ar-Rahman. He whose mercy is wide. And of a wide mercy. Or, or a vast mercy. That covers everything. This is Ar-Rahman. Ar-Rahim. He who delivers this mercy to whom he wills. This is the meaning of Ar-Rahim. This is the meaning of Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Now he's bringing an evidence of these four issues which he has stated from the Quran. So he's saying, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَالتَّوَاصَوا بِالْحَقِّ وَالتَّوَاصَوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالْعَصْرِ وَالْعَصْرِ By the time, al-asr is the time, principle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by whatever he wishes. But it is not to the slave that he swears except by Allah. Again, it is to Allah that he swears by whatever he wants. But it is not to the slave that he swears except by Allah. Wadih? Clear? No? No. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's the benefit out of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swearing by something? Is to point out its importance to him. This is the reason. This is the hikmah, the wisdom. What's important about the time? It's the only chance you have in this life. The only chance you have to do good is in this time. After this time, is there any action? No, there's recompense. So in this dunya, action and no recompense. In the akhirah, recompense and no action. 
That's the, what's important about this time. So it's your only chance. And if you invest it in good, you shall see good in the hereafter. Otherwise, don't blame except yourself. And we have read to you in the past classes the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Until death comes to one of them, they will say, or he will say, My Lord, take me back. So that I, I may do good in that which I have left. Everyone wishes to return. He who did not good did not do good shall wish to return to do good. Even he who did good shall wish to return to increase in, the, in this goodness. So time is very, very important, critically important. Why? Because it is the only chance you have to do good deeds. The only chance. So Asr. Asr what? Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Every insan, every human being is at loss. Because we were created that way. We were created oppressors, wrongdoers, clinging to or, or uh, inclining towards shahwat, towards the beauty of this life. But... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala excluded from those the following. He said, Except those who have a lift, lifted themselves from that wretched level, wretched low level, the level of loss. What did he say? He said, Except for those who believe and perform righteous deeds and advise one another towards the truth and advise one another towards patience. The author has mentioned this surah as evidence to the four issues he had mentioned. Which is what? Al-ilm, knowledge, huh? acting upon it, huh? calling to it, patience. Let's link it to the, to the surah. And see, what's clear to us is that acting upon it is mentioned in his saying, huh, perform righteous deeds. Calling to it is clear from his saying, advise one another towards the truth. Patience with it is clear from his saying, which means, mm, advise one another. Two, towards patience. Where is the knowledge? Iman. Ah. Is Iman the knowledge? Ah. What does Iman mean? Believing. Believing in what? In that which you know. So there's no such thing as a belief before knowledge. First comes knowledge, then comes belief. You know, then you believe in what you know. Understood? So the uh, uh, evidence of knowledge is in his saying, those who believe. Because you have to have something to believe in. And that thing is known to you. It's something you have gained. Something you have obtained as knowledge. 
So this is the four issues. Then he brought a quote of a Shafi'i. He said, Shafi'i. Rahimahullah, قال الإمام الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى Shafi'i, why is he called Shafi'i? I mentioned it in the previous. Huh? It's called? What's his name? Yes, you said it. Yes, which, what's his name? Shafi'i, Ahsant. So Shafi'i said, قال الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى لو ما أنزل الله حجة على خلقه إلا هذه السورة لكفتهم. Had Allah not sent down a proof to his creation, any evidence to his creation, other than this surah, it would have been sufficient for them. What does a Shafi'i mean by this quote? Does he mean that this surah is sufficient for us in our matters of deen? Every detail, how to pray, how to do hajj, how to fast? Huh? No. What did he mean then? He means that had Allah not clarified to us the way out of loss, except through this, through this surah, it would have sufficed us. That means that this surah is the answer to the question which says, what is my way out of loss? So this is the answer. You want to be out of loss, then believe or obtain knowledge. Act upon it. Call to it, be patient with it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified this straight path to be out of loss. Thank Qala al-Bukhari rahimahullahu ta'ala babun yani in his uh, sahih al-Bukhari said babun al-ilmu qabla al-qawli wal-amal yani a chapter knowledge comes before speech and action and the proof to this is Allah saying which means so know that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and seek forgiveness for your sins. Meaning, this knowledge has to come before seeking forgiveness. So this is where knowledge, where it proves that knowledge comes before action. In this verse is the evidence that la ilaha illallah is of no use without knowing its meaning. فَأَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ No! لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ No, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Know what it means. It has a meaning. If you do not know, know what, what it means, will it benefit you? Will it be of any benefit to you? No. Even if you say it. Even if you say it. Because there are people who say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and contradict it with their actions. So this, in this verse, is the first condition to accepting la ilaha illallah, which is knowledge. فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ Then he started in the second part of the introduction, saying, اِعْلَبْ رَحِمَكَ اللَّهُ أَنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ وَمُسْلِمَةٍ تَعَلُّمُ هَذِهِ الثَّلَاثُ مَسَائِلْ وَالْعَمَلُ بِهِنَّ No, may Allah have mercy on you, and we said what it means, Rahimakullah. Therefore, you can add to this meaning, may Allah have mercy on you, you can write meaning, May Allah forgive your past sins and protect you from the coming. Well, there. That it is obligatory upon every Muslim and Muslimah to learn and act upon the following three things. The Prophet ﷺ said, Seeking knowledge is an obligation upon every Muslim. Meaning that Allah created us provided us 
and did not leave us neglected. Rather, he sent to us a messenger. بَلْ أَرْسَلَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا فَمَنْ أَطَاعَهُ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَنْ عَصَاهُ دَخَلَ النَّارِ So whoever obeys him, in general, will enter paradise. And whosoever disobeys him will enter the hellfire. And the proof to this is Allah saying, as in Surah Al-Muzzammil, verses 15 to 16, أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ رَسُولًا شَاهِدًا عَلَيْكُمْ كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ رَسُولًا فَأَصَى فِرْعَوْنُ الرَّسُولَ فَأَخَذْنَاهُ أَخْذًا وَبِيلًا Verily we sent to you a messenger to be a witness over you, just as we sent a messenger to Fir'aun. But Fir'aun disobeyed the messenger. So what was Fir'aun's position from his messenger? Disobeyed him. So, yani as if it is said, don't let not your position from your messenger be just as that position of Fir'aun with his messenger or the messenger that was sent to him, Musa. But rather, obey your messenger. Is this clear? No. Yeah, the, someone raised his hand over there. Wadih, is this clear? If there's anything unclear, please. Both sides. So, what's the first issue? The first issue is about what? Speaking about what? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us and provided us. What's this issue about? Aywa. This issue is about Allah's Lordship, which is called Ar-Rububiyyah. This is the first issue. So the first issue speaks about Ar-Rububiyyah. Very important, important uh, point of benefit. Every one of these issues lead to the next. Basically, Issue number one is Ar-Rububiyyah. The second issue is a conclusion to the first. And the third issue is a conclusion to the, th to the second. Every one of those issues lead to the next. Understood? That means the first issue will eventually make you do the second. And the second issue will eventually make you do the third. Understood? The first issue is the issue of Rububiyyah. The issue of knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your creator, your provider, etc. What does this issue lead you to do? Huh? Worship him alone, which is the second issue. Listen to what he said. He said, second, Allah is not pleased with anyone being mixed, with anyone mixing up maybe. No, here is uh, an error in translation. And Allah la yarda an yushraka ma'ahu ahadun Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased when partners are set up with him in worship. When partners are set up with him in worship. Not even a close angel, nor a sent prophet. Even if he was that close, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased that he is made as a partner with him in worship. And the proof to this, so this issue speaks about what? Al-Uluhiyyah. Al-Uluhiyyah is a, res a result to Rububiyyah like we mentioned before. Well, there. And the proof to this is Allah saying, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And verily the masajid belong to Allah. So do not call unto anyone along with Allah. Surah Al-Jinn, verse number 18. 
لا تدعو مع الله أحدا. It means do not worship other than Allah because الدعاء. He says here لا تدعو. What have I translated تدعو as? Worship. Does تدعو mean worship? As far as you know, you can say no. Tad'u. Does it mean worship? What does tad'u mean? Okay, what is tad'u taken, taken from? Dua. Naam? Naam? I can't hear you. Please raise your voice. Ahsanti. Dua also means ibadah. Dua is of two types. A dua is of two types. Dua is of two types. Very good. Ahsanti. First, a dua, very good, of asking. Second, now, go ahead. A dua of worship. A dua of worship. The definition of the dua of asking is the definition. We write the definition of the first. The call accompanied by request. Very good. The call accompanied by request. The call. You call someone and you request something from him. Any call that comes with a request is called a dua. And the dua, linguistically, what does it mean? It means a call. Ud'u shuraka'akum, as it said in the Quran. Call. It means a call. Mm -hmm. So the dua is the call accompanied by request. Yani a call with a request. A call, that call which comes with a request. So if I say, Ya Nabil, Eti, yani come. This is called a dua. Why? Because I called Nabil and asked him. This is called a dua. Not every dua is an act of worship, as you can see. Not every dua, and we shall explain this inshallah. Not every dua is an act of worship. Right. Now if I call Allah upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, said, Ya Rabbi, اغفر لي. Is this a dua? Why? Because it contained two things. What are they? A call and a request. A call and a request. This is the, the, the definition of dua. This is called dua al-mas'alah. It's called dua al-mas'alah. Meaning the dua of asking, because mas'ala is called asking in Arabic. Okay, the second, the second, or the definition of the second, mm -hmm. the definition of the second, is what every act of worship, every act of worship, every act of worship is a dua. How? How? Now, 
When I say, Rabbi Rahamni, what does that mean? Allah, ah, have mercy on me. طيب. If a beggar comes to you, if a beggar comes to you, said, oh, good man, give me what I can buy food with. This is a dua, linguistically. Why? Because it is a call accompanied with a request. What if that beggar came to you and said, Oh, kind man, I am... For example, he came, to, he, he came up to you and he said, Brother, you are a kind man and I am short of money. What does this mean? Very good. What does it mean? Give me some money. Yes? Is this a request? What he did? You're a kind man, and I'm a poor man. Is this a request? Huh? Indirectly. Very good. Yes, it is. It's in a request, but it is indirect. What's the dua of the noon when he was in the in the whale? La ilaha illa ant subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. Is this a dua or not? Is there a request? Indirect. How? Explain. Just as just as I explained with the beggar. La ilaha illa Allah. The request is either direct or indirect. The indirect request is to describe oneself is situation. One's self situation. This is my situation, and this is yours. What's my situation? I was of the wrongdoers. This is my situation. What about you, Allah? La ilaha illa anta subhanak. The only one who can forgive my sin is you. La ilaha illallah. Because this falls under the meaning of la ilaha illallah. So when he says, La ilaha illa anta subhanak, and then when he says, Inni kuntu min al what does it mean? Forgive me. It means, forgive me. When you get up, and face the Qibla and pray towards Allah. Why are you praying? Why are you praying? Hmm? Reward. You want the reward of Allah? What else? Allah's mercy. So you want, see? What do you want from your prayer? Why are you praying? You want something. What do you want? Allah's mercy. What made you do what you do? Allah's mercy. I want Allah's mercy. I want Allah to have mercy with me and to be of those who enter Jannah. So are you requesting something with your prayer? You are a da'i. You are a da'i. Indirect request. Or a request by showing your situation. Wadih? And this 
exist in every act of worship. Any act of worship, why do you do it? Why do you do it with humbleness, with fear and hope? Why? Because you're asking something from your Lord. Asking could be verbally and could be by actions. That is why there's two types of dua. It is considered a dua. Because he who prays asks as well. Wadih? It is considered a dua. So that's why the scholars said that the dua is of two types. A dua of asking and a dua of worship. When the term dua is used in the Quran, it includes both types. It includes both types. Why? Because a dua is a term which is left unspecified. So, as long as it's left unspecified, specific, specific, specifying it would need an evidence or a proof. So, as long as it's left unspecified, it is general. It covers all kinds of dua. So, لا تدعو مع الله أحدا. What does it mean then? Huh? Don't worship other than Allah with him. In the Quran also. وَمَنْ يَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرَ As we mentioned before. لَا بُرْهَانَ لَهُ بِهِ فَإِنَّمَا حِسَابُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الْكَافِرُونَ As in the end of Surah Al-Mu'minun. Surah number 23, the second last verse. Verse number 117. It says, And whoever invokes or worships in this very interpretation. That's why they said, or worships. Although the term mentioned is yad'u. Yad'u. And whoever invokes or worships besides Allah, any other ilah, whom he has no proof, then his reckoning is only with his Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the du'a a worship in many verses of the Qur'an. Let's make it clear, shall we? Open with me Surah Maryam. Surah Maryam. Maryam. And the story of Ibrahim. Hmm. Story of Ibrahim. Surah Maryam, Surah number 19. Let's start from verses uh, 41. And mention in the book. Ibrahim, verily he was a man of truth, a prophet, when he said to his father, O oh my, father, my father, why do you worship that which hears not, sees not, and cannot avail you in anything? O oh my father, verily there has come to you of the knowledge, there has come to me of, that, of the knowledge that which came not to you, so follow me, I will guide you to the straight path. Oh, my father, worship not shaitan, verily shaitan has been a rebel against the most gracious Let's go to verse number 48. 48. I will read it in Arabic first. 
Consider carefully the term Tad'un, taken from dua. And I shall turn away from you and from those who, whom you invoke. It says here, as it says in the interpretation, besides Allah, and I shall call upon my Lord, and I hope that I shall not be, uh, or, or I shall not be unblessed in my invocation to my Lord. Then he said, so when he had turned away from them and from those whom they worshipped, فَلَمَّا اَعْتَزَلَهُمْ وَمَا يَعْبُدُونَ It was supposed to be said, if, it, if the same term was used, it was supposed to go like this, فَلَمَّا اَعْتَزَلَهُمْ وَمَا يَدْعُونَ Because he said at first, أَعْتَزِلُكُمْ وَمَا تدعون. Then he said, فَلَمَّا اَعْتَزَلَهُمْ وَمَا يَدْعُونَ يَعْبُدُونَ He used the term يَعْبُدُونَ to express the term يَدْعُونَ So he called the dua عِبَادَةً Another proof? Another proof? Or is it clear? So the dua covers both. Ad-du'a, it covers both. There's a du'a of asking and a du'a of worship. And both are included with every term of du'a in Qur'an unless there's a proof that specifies, the, that, specifies that what is meant is the du'a of asking. So he says, المسجد, What is al-masajid? What does al-masajid mean? Place of worship? Huh? Way to do sujood? Is that the only meaning? No. Masajid, masjid. Masjid. If, yani, we'd know morphology, sarf, Arabic sarf, we'd, we'd be able to explain because masjid sounds like maf'il, this certain form of a word is used to express either a place or a tool or a time. Maghrib. What's Maghrib? Time. فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ مَطْلِعَ الشَّمْسِ Where? Place or time? Place. See? So this phrase or this form of a word could give the meaning of a time or a place or a tool. Or a tool. So masjid covers both meanings. Which meanings? Either the places of sujood or the tools of sujood. Yani the thing you do sujood with. What do you do sujood with? Huh? Seven. Seven bones. The forehead and the, and the nose. Huh? Two hands. Two knees. The feet. Those, those belong to Allah. And also the places of sujood belong to Allah. So do not give them to other than Allah. 
Do not call other than Allah. Do not prostrate to other than Allah because these belong to Allah. Don't give them to other than Allah. Don't make them submissive to other than Allah, but rather make them submissive to only to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also the places of sujood, don't build them for other than Allah. Rather, build them only for the sake of Allah, that Allah is worshipped in them, not, any, not anyone else. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا واضح? Now, now we know. Fadal. Surah Al-Jinn, verse number 18. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Third, after we know this, that it is obligatory to worship Allah alone, this would result to something. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who worship Him alone. And loves what He has ordained, which is worshiping, worshiping Allah alone. And in opposition, He hates those who... Huh? The opposite. Join others than Allah with Him in His worship. Yes? Yes. As Allah said in many verses in the Quran. And he hates that rivals are set up with him in worship. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا يَرْضَى لِعِبَادِهِ الْكُفُرِ He's not pleased for kufr for his slaves. وَلَا يَرْضَى لِعِبَادِهِ الْكُفُرِ What should we do prior to this? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loving monotheism and loving those who are monotheistic believers and hating those polytheist. We should love what Allah loves and love who Allah loves. And we should also, in opposition, hate who Allah hates and what Allah hates. Otherwise, we're not believers. If we, can't, if we turn, it, turn it upside down, if we hate what Allah loves and love what Allah hates, are we believers? Al-sabr ma'Allah. We have to be with Allah in what He hates and what He and what He loves. So we should also love worshiping Allah alone and love those who worship Allah alone. And in the other, in opposition, hate setting up rivals with Allah and hate those who set up rivals with Allah. What's the proof to this? He says, third. Whoever obeys the messenger and singles Allah out in worship. Whoever obeys the messenger, meaning whoever did the first issue mentioned. Why? Because the first issue is what? Uh, that Allah created us and He provided us and He did not leave us neglected. And He sent to us a messenger. So whoever obeyed Him enters paradise. Whoever disobeyed Him enters hell. This is the first issue. And singles out Allah out in worship, which is beautiful. Second issue. So basically he's saying, whoever did the first and did the second should do this, the third. Get it? Whoever did the first, and, uh, the, the first issue and did the second should do the third. Whoever obeys the messenger and singles out Allah in worship, it is not permissible for him to take as allies those who oppose Allah. Allies is not the correct translation. He should not take as friends 
as loved ones. Strike through and write over it as loved ones. Because here, awliya. What's the meaning of awliya? This will give us the correct, accurate translation. Awliya, wali. We've explained what wali means. Yes, we have? Yeah. Right. Alhamdulillah. What does al-wali mean? Al-wali is taken from wali. Wali. With a sukun on the land. What does it mean? Wali. No, yani the linguistic meaning. Being near. Wali. Yali, Muhammad Fahim, Mazharuddin. Yali. Yali means comes after him. Comes after him. The thing which comes after something is close to it. So what does al-wali mean? Al-wali, Islamically, linguistically it means being close to something or coming right after something. Islamically, Islamically it means being close to something in love. With love. This is what al-walayah means. Al-walayah. Al-walayah means being close to something with love or to someone with love. This is what al-walayah or al-wali means. So, he who is your wali, what does it mean? He who is your loved one, the one you love. And if you love someone, what will you do to him? Protect him, guide him, help him, support him. That's why in the interpretations you find support, take as allies. Huh? Even take as allies is not uh, accurate because taking someone or taking something, uh, uh, someone as an ally doesn't necessarily mean loving him. Because you could use someone for, for a worldly purpose without loving him. So the accurate translation for yatawalla or wali is loving someone with whatever comes with it. Whatever comes with uh, loving someone is supporting him, helping him, guiding him, etc. So, it is not permissible This is the Arabic word. Mu'alatu is taking as friends, taking as loved ones. Mu'alatu man haddallaha wa rasoolah walaw kana aqraba qareeb. Walaw kana aqraba qareeb يعني not even if they are close relative. What is the proof to this? The proof to this is Allah saying لا تجد قوما يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يودون من حد الله ورسوله. You will not find any people who believe in Allah in the last day making friendship with those who oppose Allah. Had means that you are in a side and he is on the other side, meaning he's not on your side. This is what hadda means. He's on the other side. He's not on your side. He's taking another side. And he who takes another side other than your side, does he love you? Huh? No. La tajidu qawman. What does la tajidu qawman mean? means you will not find. You will not find what? You will not find so plus so. What are the two things? You will not find people who believe in Allah and the last day 
making friendship with those who oppose Allah. So he mentioned two things, and he mentioned that they will never combine. They will never combine, by Allah's word. What? Believing. Huh. Please help me. Believing. In Allah and His Prophet, etc. Plus what? Huh? Plus making uh, Surah Al-Mujadila, verse 22. Making huh? friendship with those who oppose Allah. It will never never ever exist in the same time. Yani, can someone believe in Allah and at the same time love those who oppose Allah? Allah says, you will not find. You will not find. You will not find any people who believe in Allah in the last day making friendship with those who oppose Allah and His Messenger, even if they are their fathers or their sons or their brothers or their kindred. For such He has written faith in their hearts because they have surrendered their love to only Allah, Allah, and left loving whom Allah hates, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them in return faith in their hearts and strengthened them with a ruh, light and guidance from himself. And he will admit them into gardens under which rivers flow to dwell therein forever. May Allah make us of them. Allah is pleased with them. And they with him, they are the party of Allah. Verily, it is the party of Allah that will be the successful. Surah Al-Mujadira, verse number 22. No, may Allah grant you the ability to obey him. I'lam arshadaka Allahu li means no, may Allah guide you to his obedience. That Al-Hanifiyyah, we explained what Al-Hanifiyyah means thoroughly. Al-Hanifiyyah millat Ibrahim. An ta'bud Allaha. The religion of Ibrahim is to worship Allah alone, making the worship sincere to Him. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered all of mankind to do. And this is the purpose for which He created them. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, What does Ya'budun mean? Singling me out in worship as we explained in the previous class, classes. That's why he said, the meaning of to worship me is to single me out in worship. This is the, the uh, interpretation of Ibn Abbas. Of Ibn Abbas. And the greatest thing that Allah commanded is Tawheed. He's giving the definition of Tawheed. And it is singling out Allah in worship. And the greatest thing that Allah warned against is shirk. He said da'watu. He didn't say ibadatu. Why? Because da'watu includes and the proof for this is Allah's statement, This verse proves that the highest or the most important thing, the greatest thing that Allah commanded is a tawheed. And the greatest thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid is a shirk. How can we take that from this verse? 
which is in Surah An-Nisa in verse number 36. Because in this verse, Allah mentioned 10 rights. Please, you can open if you want and see the verse yourself. Allah mentioned in this verse 10 rights. And it is known that if you start with something, that means it is important to you. It is most important because it's, you made it a priority by starting with it. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started with this, with this right, which is His right, it proved that this is the greatest command and the greatest rights that you should give. And when He combined with it, with this greatest right and this greatest command, when He had combined with it, before mentioning the rights, the other rights, when He had combined with it the forbidding of worshipping other than Him, this proves that this is the greatest thing He has forbidden. وَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا فَإِذَا قِيلَ لَكَ مَا الْأُصُولُ الثَّلَاثَةِ الَّتِي يَجِبُ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ مَعْرِفَتُهَا So then, if it is said to you, what are the three fundamental principles that, um, that every mankind, or that mankind is obligated to know? فَقُلْ مَعْرِفَةُ الْعَبْدِ رَبَّهِ وَدِينَهُ وَنَبِيَّهِ Then say, it is knowing, or the slave knowing his Lord and his religion, and his Prophet Sallallahu So if it is said to you, who is your Lord? Then say, my Lord, Rabbi Allahu Alladhi Rabbani. My Lord is the one who brought me up. Rabba. Because Rabb is taken from. Tarbiyah. Mm. Rabb, as we explained before, is taken from a tarbiyah. Rabban is that someone brought him up, brought you up. That's why the woman of the house is called Rabbatul Bayt. Rabbatul Bayt. And the one managing, uh, يعني, um, the one in charge is called Rabbul Amal. Rabbul Amal. And the owner of the ride is called Rabbu Dabba. Rabbu Dabba. So Arab, Arab is taken from a Tarbiyah. Arab is taken from a Tarbiyah. And a Tarbiyah is bringing one up. And we explained in uh, the previous classes what this means. So he says, if it is said to you, what is your, who is your Lord? First he says, if it is said to you, what are the three fundamental principles that mankind is obligated to know? Then say that knowing his Lord, a slave, the slave knowing his Lord. Then he said, he said again, if it is said to you, who is your Lord? Then say, my Lord is Allah, the one who brought me up. Rabbi Allah alladhi rabbani wa rabba jami'al And brought up all of his creation through his favors. Since he is my Lord, since he is the one who brought me up, since he is the one who created me, since he is the one who provides me, conclusion, then he is the one I worship. Then he is the one I worship. There being to me no false deity worshipped that is equal to him. And the proof for, the, for, for this, the proof for this, the proof for what? The proof that Allah is a Rabb is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Rabbil Alameen 
It's as if it is the reason for Alhamdulillah. Because what does Alhamdulillah mean? Mm. Huh? All the praises are to Allah. What does that mean? That means all of the attributes of perfection are to my Lord, are attributed to my Lord, to Allah. All the attributes of perfection. This is the very meaning of Alhamd. If one asks why, why all the attributes of perfection are attributed to Allah, continue the verse. Because He is Rabbil Alameen. And Al Alameen is everything other than Allah. He is the one who brought up His creation. Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. والدليل وقوله تعالى الحمد لله رب العالمين وكل ما سوى الله عالم and everything other than Allah is a عالم he is referring to the singular of عالمين because عالمين is a plural and the singular of عالمين is عالم and عالم is a world the world of the trees the world of the heavens the world of the earth the world of the humans the world of the jinn these are all worlds and Allah سبحانه وتعالى is the one who brought them up and the uh, the singular of that is عالم is عالم so العالم يقول, he says, وَأَنَا وَاحِدٌ مِنْ ذَلِكَ الْعَالَمِ I, me, the one who, whom Allah created, I am one of those who Allah, whom Allah brought up. يعني I, the one who worship Allah, is one, uh, one, uh, one of those whom Allah has created. Therefore, if He had created me, then I worship only Him. فَإِذَا قِيلَ لَكَ بِمَا عَرَفْتَ رَبَّكَ So if it is said to you, how did you come to know your Lord? فَقُلْ بِآيَاتِهِ وَمَخْلُوقَاتِهِ then say by his signs and his creations. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ اللَّيْلُ وَالنَّهَارُ وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ And of his signs are the night and the day and the sun and the moon. وَمِنْ مَخْلُوقَاتِهِ And of his creation are the seven heavens, the seven earths, and whatever is in them. Those are of his creations. And he said that the night and day and the sun and the, uh, and the moon are of, are of his signs. But isn't all of his signs? And isn't the heavens and the earth also of his signs? Isn't the night and day and the sun and the moon of his creation as well? So why did the author specify night, the night and the day and the sun and the moon to be signs? And he specified the rest to be of his creations. Why? Because the sun and the moon and the night and the day are things that come and go. And the seven earths and the seven heavens are still. Are still. If you enter a palace, and in this palace is the great... Yani, uh, how, the great built of this palace and the interior, how it looks like from inside. And in this palace also, there are animals and different birds flying here and there. The more you enter this palace, the more you will lose your interest in the infrastructure of the palace. And you'll get bored of the decoration. 
but you will never get bored of the animals that are moving about. Why? Because this, that thing which is still, which does not move, through the passing of the time, you lose your interest in, in it gradually. But that which moves, you will always, always yani, be amazed of it. It will always move, move you from inside. That's why, for example, you, you don't find someone walking and say, Oh, subhanAllah, look at the sky above us. Not as much, not as much as you can find someone saying, Oh, look at the sunset or look at the sunrise. True? Which is more? Look at the earth under us? Look at the sky above us? Or look at the sunset? Look at the sunrise. Which is more? First or the second? The second. Why? Because this is moving. And this is still. That's why. And so the, the description which fits most or best the thing that moves is being, it, it being a sign. It being a sign. A sign for what? A sign of the of Allah subhanahu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power and might. So this is what he meant. And the proof to, uh, of this is Allah's statement. And from among his signs are the night and day and the sun and the moon. Do not, do not prostrate yourself to the sun or to the moon, but rather prostrate yourselves to Allah who created them. If it is he whom you truly worship. And his statement, وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّ رَبَّكُمُ اللَّهُ الَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامٍ ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ يُغْشِ اللَّيْلَ النَّهَارَ يَطْلُبُهُ حَثِيثًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ وَالنُّجُومَ مُسَخَّرَاتٍ بِأَمْرِهِ أَلَا لَهُ الْخَلْقُ وَالْأَمْرُ تَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Which means, verily, your Lord is Allah, who created the heavens and the earth in six days, and then rose over the throne. He brings the day, the night, as a cover over the day, which it follows rapidly. And he made the sun, the moon, and the stars subjected to his command. Surely to him belongs the creation and the command. Blessed is Allah, Lord of the world, Surah Al-A'raf, verse number 54. <coughs> then he said, And the word Rabb means the one who is worshipped. This is a wrong translation, sad to say. The right translation is, what the author meant, is that Rabb, the Lord, is the one deserving to be worshipped. Because we explained to you what the meaning of Rabb is. Arab who al Ma'bud meaning Arab the Lord is the one who deserves to be worshipped, none other. And the proof to this meaning is what it will come of the quote of Ibn Kathir. He said, The proof for this is Allah saying, Ya min This is in Surah Al Baqarah, verses twenty one to twenty two. O mankind worship your Lord who created you. Since he created you, he deserves to be worshipped. Ibn Kathir said, the verse, Ibn Kathir said, yeah, Allah have mercy on him, he said, The one who has created those things mentioned in the verse, in the verses 21 to 22 of Surah Al-Baqarah, is the one who deserves to be worshipped. 
Then he said, وَأَنْوَاعُ الْإِبَادَةِ الَّتِي أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِثْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ وَالْإِيمَانِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَمِنْهُ الدُّعَاءُ وَالْخَوْفُ وَالْرَجَاءُ وَالْخَشْيَةِ Now he's mentioning the types, the different types of worship or many types of worship. He said the types of worship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded such as Islam, Iman and Ihsan which includes supplication, dua, fear, khawf, hope, raja, reliance, tawakkul, longing, raghbah and dreading, rahbah, submissiveness, khushu' awe, khashya, repentance, inaba, seeking assistance, isti'ana, seeking refuge, isti'adha, asking for help, not very accurate translation, it is asking for relief from hardship. Asking relief from hardship, which is istighatha. Offering sacrifices, which is dhabh. Making oath, which is nether, And all of the other types of worship that Allah commanded, all of these belong to Allah alone. All of these, because they are acts of worship, they belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This gives us a principle. This principle says that whatever is an act of worship is only to be given to, huh, to Allah. And giving it to other than Him is what? Very good, as we clarified before. Why? He said, the proof to this is Allah saying, as He mentioned before, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And we explained this. Then He said this principle, He spoke out this principle from this verse. He said, so whoever directs any part of these or any kind or any type of these acts of worship to other than Allah, then he is a polytheist, a disbeliever. And the proof to this is Allah saying, as we have mentioned before, in Surah Al-Mu'minun, second last verse, 117. He says, and whoever calls unto, other, unto another ilah, another ilah besides Allah, of which he has no proof for. His reckoning is only with his Lord. Surely the disbelievers will not be successful. So he called he who worships with Allah, another ilah, he called him what? A disbeliever. وفي الحديث الدعاء هو العبادة and in the hadith الدعاء هو العبادة الدعاء is the عبادة is dua every عبادة is the dua which is the call accompanied with a request is it every عبادة no so what does the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mean الدعاء هو العبادة it means it is the most important act of worship. Just as he has said regarding Hajj al-Hajj Arafah, he said, the Prophet ﷺ, in authentic hadith, he said, al-Hajj Arafah, al-Hajj is Arafah, is Hajj only Arafah? No, Hajj is Arafah and other things as well. But because of the fact that whoever missed Arafah has missed the Hajj, the Prophet ﷺ made it the, the, the most important, al-Hajj Arafah. It's like saying, he is the man. He is the man. You are the man. Doesn't mean that uh, <laughs> the rest aren't. Well, 
So, that means the dua is the most important act of, of worship. And the proof, meaning the proof of dua, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is our, not the verse. The proof of this. That's the verse. The verse here which is mentioned is not in Arabic. It's not that verse. But in English it is. وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ And your Lord says, أُدْعُونِي Supplicate to me and I will respond to you. Here, a dua is the first type of dua, which is the call accompanied by request. How do we know? Because he said after, I will respond to you. I will respond to you. Verily, those who are proud, who are too proud to worship me, will enter the hellfire in disgrace. Surah Ghafir, verse number 14. So this is the... Uh, evidence of a dua. This is the most important part of the class or of the, of the workshop. We said dua is of two kinds, yes? Or two types. A dua of a mas'ala and a dua of, yani a dua of asking and a dua of worship. The dua of asking the dua of asking is of two types. Is of two types. We could say that this is the most important part of the book. The dua of asking is of two types. That which is considered an act of worship. An act of worship. And that which is not. That which is considered an act of worship and that which is not. What pinpoints the first? Or when is the dua considered an act of worship? And when is it not? It is considered an act of worship. Very good. The first is when it contains something exclusively huh, Allah's. Or something very good. Only Allah could do. Only Allah could do. This makes it an act of worship. What about the second? The opposite. When is a dua not considered an act of worship? The opposite. Flip it around. The first is, when is the dua considered an act of worship? If it contains something only Allah could do, or something exclusively Allah's. When is it not considered an act of worship? When it doesn't contain something exclusively Allah. When it contains something other than Allah can do. Can do. So if I ask our brother here, for example, Madhar, give me a glass of water. I have called him. 
a call accompanied with a request. But is this call of mine to him, is it an act of worship? No. Why? Because it did not contain something only Allah could do. Or it did not contain something exclusively Allah's. Understood? Therefore, it is not an act of worship. But if it is said, Oh, so-and-so, enter me into Jannah. Huh. Is, is it a call? It's a call. Is it a request? Is the thing requested exclusively Allah's? Yes. Here, if I ask this question to other than Allah, I have worshipped him. This, is, this dua is the dua which is considered an act of worship. Okay. Now, he's going to mention a lot of types of worship. And we're going to do the same. We're going to use the same uh, principle with the rest of the types. Meaning, here the author will, will mention another type of worship. Let's say fear, for example. Do the same thing we did with dua with fear. Meaning say that fear is of two types. A fear which is considered an act of worship and a fear which is not considered an act of worship. We, we shall explain, inshallah. So again, once again, the dua which is considered an act of worship is which one? Which one? Exclusively Allah's or containing something only Allah could do. Very good. And the dua which is not considered an act of worship? The opposite. The opposite. Yani, that dua which does not contain something only Allah could do. Wadih? Then he said the proof for fear. Meaning the proof for fear, not, for fear being an act of worship. Is the saying of Allah. فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ خَافُونِ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ خَافُونِ means fear me. This is an order. Means that fear is an act of worship. And I say, the, the evidence of fear not being of an act of worship is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَأَوْجَسَ فِي نَفْسِهِ خِيفَةً مُوسَى مُوسَى In Surah Taha. Huh. Let's open together Surah Taha. Surah Taha. Ah. Surah number 20, verse number 67. 67. So Musa conceived fear in himself. Who did he fear? Allah? He fears Allah, but who did he fear here? Ah. The wizards. When they had thrown their sticks and they turned into, into what it seems. This is a sihr of takhil, uh, illusions. No. He says, فَأَوْجَسَ فِي نَفْسِهِ خِيفَةً مُوسَى So Musa conceived fear in himself. 
is this fear concerning something only Allah could do? Huh? Something exclusively Allah's? No. This is just as we fear the lion. We fear someone who is a threat to us, who can do something that harms us, and we fear him. It's a natural fear. This fear is not an act of worship. Why? Same thing we said about dua. We said first that the dua is not considered an act of worship when it does not contain something exclusively Allah's. And is considered an act of worship when it contains something exclusively Allah's. Same thing do with fear. Same thing is said with fear. Fear is considered an act of worship when, when it includes something or contains something exclusively Allah, so only Allah could do. Like fearing someone that he will, for example, uh, make your deeds go at loss. Mm. This fear is in what? This fear is an act of worship. Why? Because the only one who can negate your deeds is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you give that type of fear to other than Allah, you have worshipped other than Allah. It becomes an act of worship. So the evidence of the fear which is considered an act of worship is the verse that the author mentioned here. And the evidence of the fear which is not considered an act of worship is this evidence over here which is in Surah Taha. Verse number, uh, uh, surah number 20, verse number 67. And this is many in the Quran. This is many in the Quran. Wadih. Then he said, is this clear? Is this clear? Which, which one? Which one? Uh, this is mentioned in the book. This is uh, Surah Al-Imran. Verse number 175. Then he said the proof for hope. Hope. Al-Raja is hope. Hope is also of two types. A hope which is considered an act of worship. And a hope. Same thing. Same thing with dua. We did with dua, we do with hope. And we do with fear. Same thing. And a hope which is not... Considered an act of worship. Which hope is that which is considered an act of worship? That containing something only Allah could do. Like hoping in something that only Allah could do. Which hope is that which is not considered an act of worship? Huh? A hope in something other than Allah can do. The proof for the hope which is an act of worship is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Surah Al-Kahf, verse number 110. 1-10. فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ So whoever hopes to meet his Lord, etc. طيب. The evidence of the hope which is not considered an act of worship is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْقَوَاعِدُ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ أَلَّاتِ لَا يَرْجُونَ نِكَاحًا 
والقواعد من النساء التي لا يرجون نكاحا فليس عليهن جناح أن يضعن ثيابهن غير متبرجات بزينة القواعد من النساء those women who are not interested anymore in marriage what did Allah say about them those who do not hope لا يرجون نكاحا means they do not hope for marriage meaning the one the ones who are younger than them do they hope for marriage huh yes they're hoping for marriage they hope for marriage is it an act of worship hoping giving their hope to marriage it's not an act of worship why because it is hoping in something that is not exclusively allah's understood so the hope is of two, two types. The hope which is considered an act of worship is that hope in something that is exclusively Allah. So only Allah could do. No, no, this is a natural fear. Yeah, because he can do it. He can stop your salary, for example. Well, there. But being the main reason, you cannot give, give that hope to, to him. Because that is only given to Allah. <laughs> then he says, and the proof for reliance, which is a tawakkul, is the saying of Allah, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ and upon Allah, put your reliance if you are truly believers. What is a tawakkul? A tawakkul needs a stop. It needs a stop. A tawakkul is only an act of worship. Yani it's not of two types. It's not of two types. How do we know when an act can be of two types, an act of worship and not, and when, when it is not? The proof. So we have given the proofs of hope not being an act of worship. Of uh, dua not being an act of worship. Of al-khawf not being an act of worship. But at-tawakkul, is it mentioned in the Quran or in the Sunnah, giving it to other than Allah? No. That is why tawakkul is only an act of worship. And after understanding the definition of tawakkul, we will understand why it is only considered an act of worship. Because a tawakkul is the reliance of the heart upon Allah's will and creation of the thing sought. The reliance of the heart upon Allah's will and creation of the outcomes along with doing the means and reasons. This is the definition, the accurate definition, the technical definition of a tawakkul. A tawakkul. What is a tawakkul? The reliance of the heart upon what? Upon Allah's will and creating of the outcomes. 
along with doing the means and reasons. This is the meaning of tawakkul. So at tawakkul, there are two things, two main things that you have to focus on regarding this meaning of at tawakkul. The heart and the body parts. Very simple explanation of at tawakkul for you to better understand the tawakkul and how to rely upon Allah. There's the heart and there's the body parts. How are the means and reasons done? By the heart or body parts? Body parts. So the body parts are the things which have to do with the means and reasons. The heart is to be clinged on only Allah in those means and reasons working. In those means and reasons working. What do I mean by working? Bringing about their outcomes. Bringing about their outcomes. The fire, does it burn? Yes. Does it burn by itself or by the order of Allah? By the order of Allah. Allah is the one who makes the fire burn. It is not the fire which burns without the will of Allah. Had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided for the fire not to burn, it would, would, would have not burned. قُلْنَا يَا نَارُ كُونِي بَرْدًا وَسَلَامًا عَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمٌ Be cool and safe for Ibrahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the fire, stopped it from burning. Wadih. So the heart, basically, at tawakkul is clinging your heart upon Allah with doing the means and reasons. Everything you want in this life, in this dunya, has to have means and reasons. Everything. Everything you want. Meaning, if you want to get to something you want, you have to do its means and reasons. Wadih? Clear? Everything. Someone wants to pass the exam. What, has he, what does he have to do? Just study? Can he study and be absent for the exam and still pass? So a lot of means and reasons, not just one. He has to study, he has to be present, he has to bring his pens, he has to attend the uh, lectures or the classes. A lot of things that he has to do in order to get to that outcome which is passing or yani, uh, Wadi? No. Nothing happens in this earth except after two things existing. The will of Allah for it to happen. Secondly, the creating of it. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills in his divine decree that this certain action happens or this certain act outcome happens. And when he decides it to happen, he says to it, be, and it shall be. He creates it, and he brings it to, he brings it to existence. Everything happens by the will of Allah and his creation. By those two things. Nothing happens except after, uh, with those two things. Understood? Everything you want. So... The tawakkul is to rely with your heart upon Allah's will and creating of the outcome you want. 
I want to pass my exam. I rely with my heart upon Allah. Upon Allah's will and creating of that passing. How? By sitting at home? No, by doing the means and reasons. How do I do the means and reasons? With my body parts. So, the reliance of the heart is not on the means and reasons. Be careful. The reliance of the heart is not on the means and reasons. No. The reliance of the heart is on Allah's will and creating. What happens if you rely on the means and reasons? What happens? You will be fooled by those means and reasons. Allah will put you under their control, under the means and reasons control. That means you could go home and memorize the book that you're, that you're having a test in. Memorize it from A to Z. And you could say to yourself, I'm getting a full mark. I've memorized the whole book. And come to the exam, and you might not be able to answer one question. And this happens sometimes. Doesn't it? Yes. Why? Because you relied upon the means and reasons, not upon Allah. And it is Allah who created those means and reasons. And those means and reasons don't create. There's a difference between the means and reasons bringing about, being a reason for an outcome and creating an outcome. Those means and reasons don't create the outcome. They, just, they are just reasons. The one who makes those means and reasons bring about the outcome is Allah. So he who said, it is because I'm smart that I'm going to pass. Who has he relied on? On Allah or on his ability? His ability. He, he relied on the means and reasons. No, this is not tawakkul. This is tawakkul on yourself. Tawakkul is to rely with your heart upon Allah's will and creating of the outcome with just doing the reasons. That means I did the means and reasons. And I hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes those means and reasons bring about the outcome. Wadih, is this clear? If it's a question, I'm not allowed to take question. That's a question. Sorry. Huh? Come again? No, this is whatever happens, Yaqi. You want something, okay? You because that thing that you want will not happen except after Allah willing it and creating it, the reliance is supposed to be on Allah, understand? Not on the means and reasons. You get it? Any anything that happens despite the fact it happens or not. I'm, I'm talking about your duty as a Muslim. What should you do to achieve tawakkul? 
That is, that is what, what you should do. Is don't rely. Because they who rely on the means and reasons, the means and reasons, they, they, they fail them. They fail them. How many people are ill? And because they lost the means and reasons to cure this illness, and they went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who created this illness and their illness, they, they are cured. Isn't, doesn't that happen? Yes. Why? Because it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created the means and reasons of the illness. But, consider carefully what we have said in the de definition. Impor important uh, part of the definition is along with doing the means and reasons. That means that not doing the means and reasons is not of tawakkul. It contradicts tawakkul. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made for every outcome its means and reasons. Otherwise, a man would say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant me uh, uh, an offspring, whether I uh, approach my wife or not. Wadih? And the, the greatest example, uh, one minute please. The greatest example for this is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu which inshallah you are all aware of. If you had if you only had depended on Allah or relied upon Allah as you should you would have been provided just as the birds now what do the birds do in the continuing of the hadith they don't sit in their nests and say if Allah wanted to provide us he will provide us whether we live our nest or not. So we're just staying right here. No. They leave their nest. They do the means and reasons. They, they go in the, in the beginning of day with an empty stomach and they return full stomach. You want a full stomach? Rely upon Allah as you should. This is how to rely upon Allah. Don't depend on the means and reasons. Depend upon Allah. Don't believe that if those means and reasons go, then nothing will happen. How many times have you wanted something and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made easy the means and reasons from places you had never imagined? So rely upon Allah, Fadl. Uh, sorry, before you, Fadl, sorry. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because this is a hope in something they can do. Yeah, and he basically, what he meant is, I have hopes in you in doing your best to, to bring a good mark. Well, there. So he is thinking good. This is of a good thinking, of the good thinking. And it's not considered of a, because it's not an act of worship, because they can do it. No, further. Hmm. Yes, relying. Uh, thank you very much because you re had reminded me of an of a, of a important um, uh, uh, principle that the scholars mention. They say relying on the means is, a sh is a shirk, an act of shirk, an act of shirk. And 
leaving the means is a defect in Sharia, in Islam. Yani. Relying on the means is an act of shirk. A minor, a minor act of polytheism, if you believe. Uh, a, minor, a minor act of polytheism, or it could reach to be a major act of polytheism. If you believe that the, this, this reason acts upon itself without the will of Allah, it becomes a major act of polytheism. Otherwise, it is a minor act of polytheism. So relying on the means themselves, with your heart, of course, because your heart is supposed to be relying on, upon Allah, Allah's will. And, but if you rely with your heart upon the means, it is an act of shirk. And leaving the means, not doing the means, is a defect in your religion. Because that your religion came with doing the means. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although he had provided Maryam, he told her to shake the palm tree so that the... And even a, a, a man made a, made a poetry about, about, about this. He said, أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ قَالَ لِمَرْيَمَ وَهُزِّي إِلَيْكِ الْجِذْعَ يَسَّاقَةِ الرُّطَمِ haven't you seen that Allah said to Maryam, shake the palm tree and the dates will fall? وَلَوْ شَاءَ أَن تَجْنِيَهُ مِنْ غَيْرِ هَزِّهِ جَنَتْهُ وَلَكِنْ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ لَهُ سَبَبٍ Had Allah willed that she pick up the dates without shaking the palm tree, she would have. But just to show that everything has its reasons. Yeah. That's a question, Akhi. Yeah, but sorry, that's a question. If you uh, wait, inshallah, until the time, inshallah. Because I have a, a long book to, to finish. I hope I finish it. Naam? No, 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 no. Islam, Hazizi. Yani, not in the faith, but in Islam itself. Because Islam ordered to, to follow the means and reasons. That's what I meant. Understood? Yani Islam taught us to, to do the means and reasons. Naam? Yani in his Islam. Understood? Naam, in his Islam. What is Islam? Is, no. Islam in this meaning is the outer actions. Is the outer actions. So a defect in Islam is an incompleteness in his outer actions. He's not doing what he's told. This is what it means. We shall explain now, inshallah, the difference between Islam and Iman and Ihsan. Inshallah, and you shall understand, inshallah. Naam, tafadhal. Naam? Subhanallah, the greatest, one of the greatest means and reasons. Naam. Naam, ma kana yarju liqa'a rabbihi. Whoever hopes to meet his Lord. Whoever hopes to, as it is said. Is there anything in particular you want to uh, understand from the verse? Mm -hmm. you know? Because hoping to meet your Lord. Because meeting your Lord is something exclusively Allah's. Understood? Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't concern uh, something other than Allah can do. Because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make us, uh, will resurrect us to meet him. Understand? Yeah. Tayyip. 
So this is tawakkul. Anyone have a, don't understand what we said about tawakkul? Naam, naam. Dying? No, no. The ayah related to hope being an act of worship. Naam. Ah, والقواعد من النساء التي لا يرجون نكاحا التي لا يرجون نكاحا نعم Of course very beautiful uh, comment the means and reasons are the lawful means and reasons واضح طيب the نعم the means and reasons Allah has ordained Otherwise, what are the means and reasons that the polytheist claimed to Allah? Huh? The pious. And the uh, proof for Al-Raghba. Uh, Al-Raghba is loving or moving the moving of the body towards something it loves. The moving of the heart towards something it loves. Yani wanting the uh, wanting of something that is very loved to you. Wanting to reach to it, this is al-raghbah. This is al-raghbah. وَدَلِيلُ الرَّغْبَةِ وَالرَّهْبَةِ وَالْخُشُوعِ Al-raghbah is the fear accompanied with escape. Is a certain kind of fear. Fear is an umbrella term which includes a lot, uh, many types of fear. Fear, one of the types of fear is al-raghba, and also al-khashya, and also al-wajal. Also al-wajal. There are many types of fear. The, the fear which, is, which uh, results in escape, يعني, which results in action, acting upon this fear, like escaping, from the thing which you fear, this is called al-rahba. Al-rahba. Taken from rahab. Rahab. Okay, rahab, I want you to twist the first letters. Huh? Haram. What is haram? Escape. So rahba, this is one of the uh, qualities of the Arabic language. That in this meaning, it, the meaning itself could contain its opposite. If you twist the letters, if you flip the letters around. So, rahba is a fear, a fear accompanied with escape. If you twist arahaba, you will end up with haraba. And haraba means escape. So, al-raghbatu wal-rahbatu wal-khushu'ah. Al-khushu'ah is a combination of three things. Al-khushu'ah is a combination of three things. Humility, restfulness, or resting, if you may, and glorifying. And glorifying. It's a combination of those three. Resting, humbleness, and glorifying. 
طيب as for longing الرغبة and الرهبة and الخشوع this verse is regarding or relating those acts being acts of worship طيب where is the proof in the Quran that الرغبة could also be not an act of worship this is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يَسْتَفْتُونَكَ قُلِ اللَّهُ يُفْتِيكُمْ يَسْتَفْتُونَكَ فِي النِّسَاءِ قُلِ اللَّهُ يُفْتِيكُمْ فِيهِنَّ وَمَا يُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الْكِتَابِ فِي يَتَامِ النِّسَاءِ فِي يَتَامَ النِّسَاءِ اللَّاتِ لَا تُؤْتُونَهُنَّ مَا كُتِبَ لَهُنَّ وَتَرْغَبُونَ أَن تَنْكِحُوهُنَّ This is in the end of Surah An-Nisa the end of Surah An-Nisa which is Surah number 4 verse number uh, one two seven. One two seven. Here, was translated as desire. Desire. And yet, whom you desire to marry, targabuna and tankihuhun. And targabuna is the uh, present verb of ragba, of the origin ragba. So here, their desire is to marry their desire is to marry here desire in marriage giving the desire to marriage is not an act of worship is not an act of worship why because it is regarding something not exclusively allah's not exclusively allah's so this is the the evidence of raghba not being an act of worship the Dalil of Ar-Rahba is in Surah Al-Anfal. وَأَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةِ وَمِنْ رِبَاطِ الْخَيْلِ تُرْهِبُونَ بِهِ عَدُوَّ اللَّهِ وَعَدُوَّكُمْ This is in Surah Al-Anfal. Surah number 8, verse number 60. Verse number 60. تُرْهِبُونَ بِهِ عَدُوَّ اللَّهِ تُرْهِبُونَ is a verb from the origin Rahba. Had the enemies, uh, the uh, verse is verse number 60, and make ready against them all you can of power, including steeds of war, tanks, planes, missiles, artillery, uh, artillery to threaten the enemy of Allah and your enemy. Turhibuna bihi Allah. Tayyib, Ar-Rahba, we said what is fear accompanied with? Uh, fear with escape. If the enemy had given us that fear, that certain type of fear, would it be an act of worship? Would they be worshipping us? If they had feared us, that type of fear? No? Why? Huh? Something very good. Something which they could do. Yani it is in, in, involving something not exclusively Allah's. Something that other, other than Allah can do. So this is the proof of Rahba not being an act of worship. What about Khushu'? Khushu' is just like Tawakkul. It is only an act of worship. Khushu' is just like tawakkul and it is only an act of uh, an act of worship because the combination of humility with a glorifying and resting this is only to be given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he said the proof of khashya khashya is fear accompanied with knowledge fear accompanied with knowledge and the proof to this is in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 150, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered to fear Him. Al-Khashya is of two types as well. 
a type which is considered an act of worship and a type which is not. The type which is considered an act of worship, the, the proof is this verse over here. And the proof for that khashya, which is not considered an act of worship, thus being given to other than Allah, is the saying of uh, Harun to his brother, إِنِّي خَشِيتُ أَن تَقُولَ فَرَّقَتَ بَيْنَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ وَلَمْ تَرُقُبَ قَوْلِي In Surah Taha, in Surah Taha, in Surah number 20, verse number 94. He, Harun, said, O son of my mother, seize me not by my beard, Allahu Akbar, nor by my head. Verily, I feared, lest you should say, you have cause. I feared. Feared because he knew that that might happen. Fear with knowledge. I feared, lest you should say, you have caused a division among the children of Israel, and you have not respected my word. So fearing that, is fearing other than Allah or not? Mm. Fearing other than Allah. Is it an act of worship? No. Why? Because it is regarding something not exclusively Allah's. So this is the evidence of fear, of, of khashya, not being an act of worship. And the proof for repentance, inaba. Inaba is equivalent to tawbah. Tawbah is inaba, and inaba is tawbah. وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ And turn to your Lord in repentance. Subhanallah. Everyone other than Allah, if you fear, you run away from. But Allah is the only one whom if you fear, you run away to. To. If you want to escape Allah's torment, the only way by doing so is to escape to Him. Any, any, anyone else? You escape from him. Subhanallah. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ Escape back to Allah. Return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At-tawbah, what do you think? Does it vary or is it just an act of worship? Just an act of worship. Only an act of worship. It is not, it is not of two types. What is at-tawbah? At-tawbah is... The origin of a tawbah is awb. Awb. And awb is return. Why was a tawbah called a tawbah? Because it is the return from Allah's, from disobeying Allah to obeying Allah. That's why it is called tawbah. Mean aba ya'ubu. Aba ya'ubu means returned. Aba returned. Ya'ubu returns. Tawbatan. Tawbatan is a return. It is called a return because the slave returns to, the, uh, to, to obeying Allah after disobeying him. This is a tawbah. And the condition of a tawbah are three. The condition of repentance are three. First, that you leave the sin you do, you are doing. Second, that you regret doing that sin. Third, that you do not return to that sin. That you do not return to that sin. Huh? Insha'Allah. Hadrin. The three, uh, the conditions of tawbah, of repentance. One. One, 
leaving the sin, abandoning the sin. Second, hmm? regretting. Third, no, no, to. No, to not return. To never return to it. What happens if you return? You need another Tawbah. Understood? So if you return to the sin, doesn't mean khalas, you give up on Tawbah. No, do another Tawbah. Because Allah, the Prophet وسلم, said, Khayrul Khattain At-Tawaboon. The best of those who do wrong are the ones who repent. And every person has a sin which he goes back to. So he has to repent, no matter what, and never give up on Allah's mercy. Fine, you fall into a sin, and you repent for it, and then you fall back into it. Don't give up, repent. The doors of repentance are open until you die. So what do you choose best? To die repenting, or to, 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 to die giving up on Allah's mercy? Die repenting, so repent. Whenever one of those conditions are broken, then do another tawbah and never, never give up on Allah's mercy. Well, there, those are the three conditions of repentance. If this sin regards a right that is supposed to be paid to others, then add to these conditions a fourth condition, which is returning the rights. Returning the rights. If you had stolen some money, add the condition, return the money. Return the right to its people. Understood? No. These are the... So, tawbah is only an act of worship. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and turn to your Lord. Only to Him. And there was no other evidence that proves that uh, a repentance could not be an act of worship. And the proof of seeking assistance. Whenever you find uh, the seen and the ta, the seen and ta, Usually, mean request, requesting, the scene and the ta. Whenever you hear ist, 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 ist. So, isti'ana is requesting i'ana. Istighatha is requesting i'gatha. Isti'adha is requesting i'adha. Istishara is requesting mashura. Istibyan is an application requesting a bayan. <coughs> so the scene in ta, it gives that meaning. So isti'ana is asking i'ana. What is i'ana? Help. Istighatha is asking i'gatha. What is i'gatha? Relief of hardship or from hardship. Is, what's the third that I haven't mentioned? Isti'adha. Isti'adha is seeking i'adha. And i'adha is refuge, protection. Wadih. Isti'ana. Huh? One type or two? Isti'ana. Asking aid. Two types. Two types. Yani, isti'ana could be an act of worship. 
And it could not be an act of worship. When is isti'an an act of worship? Same thing. When it contains something, ah, only Allah could do, something exclusively Allah's. And it is not considered an act of worship when it does not contain something exclusively Allah's. Like what? Asking aid for what? Huh? Like what? Naam? Lifting something heavy. Ahsant. You're going to help me with my stuff later on, yeah? Isti'ana. This is not an act, an act of worship. Why? Because you can do it. Alhamdulillah. Wadih? Tayyip. Uh, very well, if you want a dalil. This is the act of worship. Al-I'ana, uh, the saying of Dhul Qarnayn, Surah Al-Kahf, A'inuni biquwah. Fa'a'inuni biquwatin aj'al baynakum wa baynahum radma. Surah Al-Kahf. Surah Al-Kahf. Surah Al-Kahf. Surah 18. Barakallahu feekum. The very end of it. Hmm? Uh, verse number 95. See? So help me with strength. Is Dhul Qarnayn a mushrik? Has he, has he committed shirk? No. Why? Because he sought help in that which other than Allah can do. Clear? Like clear. Al isti'adah. Uh, and in the hadith, yani a proof of isti'ana being an act of worship, as in the hadith, when you ask, uh, the action of the sister, uh, the uh, question of the sister that day about the, the hadith of Ibn Abbas. This is isti'ana of worship, or which is considered an act of worship. And the proof for seeking refuge is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقُ وَقُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقُ وَقُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ And the istiada is of two types as well. An istiada. Istiada is asking refuge. Asking refuge could be an act of worship and it could not. It's considered an act of worship when it, it contains or it concerns something only Allah could do. What is the proof that istiada? of isti'adha not being an act of worship. The proof to this is the saying of, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the authentic hadith, in the time of fitan, in the time of trials, he said, مَنْ وَجَدَ مَلْجَأً فَلْيَعُذْ بِهِ Whoever found a shelter, let him seek refuge by it. مَنْ وَجَدَ مَعَاذًا مَنْ وَجَدَ مَلْجَأً فَلْيَعُذْ بِهِ يَعُذْ, يعُذ from, from i'adha. Understood? And another uh, evidence as well, that one of the Sahaba, his name used to be Mu'awwidh. And Mu'awwidh is someone who gives refuge. And if such a name contained shirk, the Prophet ﷺ would have changed it. Very good. This is a proof of the isti'adah. And the proof for asking relief from hardship, al-istighatha, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِذْ تَسْتَغِيثُونَ رَبَّكُمْ 
This is the istighatha is also of two types. One which is considered an act of worship and one which is, which is not. The author gave you that which is, an, which is evidence on that istighatha which is considered an act of worship. The evidence on the istighatha which is not considered the act of, an act of worship is going back to Surah Taha again in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَاسْتَغَاثَهُ لَسِيرَةِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ Surah Al-Qasas, sorry, Surah Al-Qasas. فَاسْتَغَاثَهُ الَّذِي مِنْ شِيعَتِهِ عَلَى الَّذِي مِنْ عَدُوِّهِ فَوَكَزَهُ مُوسَى فَقَضَى عَلَيْهِ Surah Al-Qasas. Now, verse number 15, surah number 28. One of his party, from the children of Israel, and the other, no. And he found there two men fighting, one of his party and the other from his foes, or of his foes. The man of his party asked him for help. Ask him for help against his foe. So Musa did something he's able to do. Yes? Alaysa kadalik? Alaysa kadalik? So Musa struck him. So he was able to do it. That's why he asked him. He asked him, Wadih, we'll finish inshallah the types of worship and we will end it here. And the proof of offering sacrifice, which is called the dhabh. A dhabh is only an act of worship. Is only an act of worship. And the proof to it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِ وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say verily, my prayer, my sacrifice, offerings, my living and my dying are for Allah. Just as my living and my dying are for Allah, so should be my prayer and sacrifice. He has no partner, and of this I have been commanded, and I'm the first of the Muslims. Then the last act of worship, which he has mentioned, which is another, making oaths. Another is to oblige something upon you which is not obligatory for the sake of getting close to the one you did that to. Nether is only an act of worship. I will give you an example. That you said, for example, you made an oath to pray four rakahs. Arba rakahs. Now, praying those four rakahs, is it, is it obligatory? Hmm? No, it's not. But you have made it obligatory for the sake of getting close to Allah, for example. So you say, I made an oath to Allah that I pray four rakahs. Now praying four rakahs in itself is not obligatory. But if you make it obligatory upon yourself, this is called a nether. This is called a nether. A nether is an act of worship. And giving it to other than Allah is shirk, is only in the Then he, he went to the second fundamental principle and I apologize for this being our ability to reach to this part of the book and not finishing. Wallahu ta'ala alam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. So the first question,
Uh, we have some new faces, Sheikh. I, I wonder if you could clarify how exactly the exam will be graded for those who decide to memorize the matun. Yeah, then we will appoint someone. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I want to come myself and listen to the ones who have memorized, and we will uh, we will uh, agree that someone from the of the sisters listens as well to the memorization. If the memorization is fair and uh, alhamdulillah, you should get the ijazah. How will you score the the memorization? For example, how will how many mistakes will they be allowed? Um, well. Uh, Yani, if uh, the mistakes are few and don't affect in, uh, yani, if you stop every minute, that's not called memorizing. So if you memorize it well, just like Al-Fatiha, so that's enough, inshallah. And just again for the new faces, if you could explain what, what, what you mean when you say ijazah and isnad. Ijazah is a chain being, yani, having a chain of narration, meaning, meaning narrating something from someone with a link between you and the one you are, you are narrating from. Let's say, for example, Al-Bukhari. Al-Bukhari narrates a hadith from a certain sheikh that he has taken from. And the sheikh took from the sheikh above him. And the sheikh took from the sheikh above him. Until, he, until they reach to the Prophet So an ijazah is giving you the permission to narrate. Giving you the per permission to narrate. Basically, you will be linked, you will have a link of narration to this book. No. No. Yeah, sacrificing for a guest because the only means and reasons or the only way to make the meat lawful is by sacrificing it. Understood? Otherwise, the sacrificing is for Allah. You know not sacrifice in the name of other than Allah. You sacrifice in the name of Allah, but you cannot eat the meat unless you sacrifice it. Understood? Very good question. Naam? Naam. Yani, uh, that your heart is restful, that your heart is, is uh, resting, yani, or is in, is, a, is in a state of rest, is in a state of rest. Yani, for example, yani, khushu' is uh, quite uh, yani, uh, a challenge you, to explain. Could no. you repeat the question, please, for the brothers? No. Yeah, she's asking about what I mentioned in khushu', which is resting. Resting, yani, we could, uh, yes, being at ease, but um, basically a rest in the sense of concentrating, concentrating in the ibadah. That's what it, mean, what it means now. Yeah. Okay, so. Yani, for example, and one of the uh, rightly guided ancestors saw someone playing with his beard while praying. So he said, if his heart was at rest, so, it, so will his body parts be. So resting is basically 
um, gathering your heart on the act of worship and not, not letting it escape to anything else. Understood? No, have being focused with you by your heart. No, Father. If we could um, just hold off on the clarifications, and we're on question and answer time. We're a little short on time, so we're trying to get through as many questions as possible. No. So if uh, the brothers and sisters could just be patient with us, we're just going to try to answer the questions as much as possible right now. Uh, so the first question, Ustad, is could you please explain what Allah means when He says, Ajalim Musamma in Surat Nuh, ayah number four? A known, a specific time. A specific time. Musamma, that means mentioned. A specific time which is mentioned or which is recorded. What does the ba mean in the verses in, in the verse in Surah Al Asr uh, when Allah says Bil Haq and Bil Sabr? Bil Sabr. It needs to get back to the books of interpretation to see and make sure because I'm not sure. Allahu okay. If we have a disease no. or illness and we take medicine does this indicate a defect in our Islam? No, it does not it is of the means and reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said tadawaw ibadallah tadawaw means uh, take the medicine for your illness now okay. you said that we should believe in Allah and we shouldn't love someone or make friends with those who oppose Allah. No. Even if they are our own father, mother, brothers, etc. No. Doesn't this contradict the no. fact that we should be kind and love our parents and not utter a word of discontent to them, even if they are non-believers? Could you please clarify? Jazakallah khair. Insha'Allah. First of all, I have not said. It is Allah who has said. Secondly, being kind to someone does not contradict hate. Being kind to someone is giving someone the rights he deserves. Being kind to someone or any other type of dealing with someone, buying and selling, this does not necessitate, necessitate love. This does not necessitate love. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this in the Quran. He said, and if they, your parents were calling you to a shirk, then do not obey them. And he said, being good to them. Being good to them doesn't necessarily mean loving them with your heart. Understood? Otherwise, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa had died uh, dealing with a Jew. And before he had died, he dealt with a Jew, and he had something which is uh, uh, held as, uh, um, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it in, in English, 
نعم مورجج نعم نعم احسنت وذ ذا جو يس يس سو ذس از فروم ذا اسبيكت اوف ديلينج ديلينج دوز نوت نيسيسيتيت لاف نعم از ذس كلير ذا ون هو اسكت وي وي جوت ا لوت اوف Inshallah. Can we just give priority to the question? And I will explain, inshallah, after we finish. Inshallah, most okay. respected sir. No. Okay, uh, the, the questioner asks, what is the meaning of... See, the proof to this, before I... Uh, is in uh, Surat... In the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين. In Surah Al-Mumtahina. See? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah does not forbid you to deal justly and kindly with those who fought not against you on account of religion, nor drove you out of your homes. Verily, Allah loves those who deal with equity. This is just dealing, being just. Being just with someone doesn't necessitate loving him. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders in many verses of the Quran to be just with the, with the kuffar, with the disbelievers. And he also ordered us not to love them. This is not a contradiction. Because when you are just with something, with someone, you give him what he deserves of his rights, of his lawful rights. Yeah, and basically you don't oppress him. Not oppressing him and giving him his rights doesn't mean you are loving him with, by your heart. So the loving by the heart is impermissible. But the dealing by the actions is permissible. No. Actually, it is ob obligatory. Surah uh, Al-Mutahidah. Surah uh, number 60, verse number 8. Verse number 8. No. What is and the meaning of... See the continuing of, of the verse? Sorry. Sorry. It is only as regards those who fought against you on account of religion and have driven you out of your homes and helped to drive you out that Allah forbids you to befriend them. And whosoever will befriend them, then such are valimun. Yeah. So th there are three types. Those, the disbelievers, are to be hated with the heart. If they helped, they drove us out or helped to drive us out, then there is no good dealing with them. But if they haven't, then we deal with them justly. And those two verses conclude in three stages or three, three, three situations. In all situations, you are not to love the kafir with your heart. In a situation where he drives you out or helps to drive you out, you do not uh, deal with him justly because he has oppressed and you do not be good to him but you return that with what it, with what it uh, requires return that driving out or that help to be driven out with what it requires the third the people who haven't done so you deal with them justly and you deal with them according to a sharia Ustad, are you uh, currently running a class on Wizik dealing with the three fundamentals? yes 
Could you give the students the, uh, the link, please? www.wizik.com. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can uh, search by teacher. So when, yes. when you use the search function, yes, in just the, in the left search by instructor. No, yeah. no. In the and left side, uh, when you enter WISIC, right it, there's a, a search box that says uh, search for a teacher. Search for a teacher. So if you write Fahad, Fahad Al-Tahiri, you'll see my humble profile. So you go to it. And just uh, click add as a content, as a contact. When you are added to my contact list, you'll be receiving all invites to all classes and, uh, and uh, updates. And there are classes in Arabic and classes in, uh, since you're advertising, I'll advertise also my classes. <laughs> so we'll, there are classes in Arabic and classes in uh, Creed, as the brother mentioned and uh, classes in other classes as well that the Ummah needs now. We were listening to the class in Sarf, Sheikh. It's huh? good. We were listening to the class in Sarf. It's, it's very nice, mashallah. mashallah. All my classes are free. Free. Not one dirham. I don't charge anything. Wizik, W-I-Z-I-Q dot com. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all our effort, all of us, brothers and sisters, for, the sake, for his sake all alone. The Our next question. Seeking knowledge as well. The next question. Sorry. Uh, what is the meaning of arbab? Does it come from the root rob? Yes, yes. And can you can you, uh, you is it allowed for you to call your boss arbab? Allahu a'lam. Allahu a'lam. Allah knows best. I do not know the answer to that question. Uh, Ustad, everywhere. Bismillah is translated translated uh, using the phrase in the name of Allah. Yes. But you said that ba has meanings other than this, which is seeking aid, accompanying. Yes, with I answered this question. In the name of Allah, yani, there is a certain meaning that they want, yani, the English. So, in the name of Allah, if it gives that same meaning in their language, meaning by the glory of Allah or by Allah's, yani, for example, the sacredness of Allah's name, yes, that, is, uh, that fits the meaning that we have mentioned. But this goes to show you that know that the Qur'an or the Arabic language cannot be translated. As you can see, how vast in meaning one letter is, let alone the words that, that contain many letters. So, يعني, um, no certain word can meet that meaning or those two meanings that were mentioned. So maybe in their language they say in the name of Allah and they mean one of those meanings which I've mentioned, then that serves a meaning. Whatever serves a meaning, it's, it fits as, a, as an interpretation. Otherwise, it's, it's just a, an interpretation, not an exact translation to the Quran because the Quran can never be translated based upon Arabic, the Arabic language not being able to be translated to, other, to another language. No. Could you please clarify whether the exam is going to cover uh, the four principles and the, f the first covered uh, fundamental or yeah. will it just be four principles? Yeah, the four principles and to where we have reached. Inshallah, that is enough. 
this questioner says, uh, please let's continue this seminar every Friday till the end of 2012. It is simply amazing. May Allah reward all of you. I'm not the one who, <laughs> to be asked for this from. <laughs> we'll try to work something out, inshallah. Is there a may Allah make it easy, May Allah make it easy. May Allah make it easy. Is there a spe specific language in which questions will be asked in the grave? How will the person understand the question if he or she does not understand that language? Allahu alam. We only answer according to what we know. Allahu alam. According to the classification of the author. A dua which is not something only Allah can do is not an act of worship. Yes. However, in a hadith, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reported to have advised his companions to make dua to Allah, even if you have to make dua for a bootstrap which breaks. For what? For a, a, the, the sho your shoelace or a bootstrap, the strap of your sandal. If it falls, yeah. if it breaks. Uh huh. Uh. What's the, what's the hadith say? The, the hadith, I, I, I believe the, the questioner is paraphrasing that Rasulullah asks or advises the companions to make dua to Allah even if you are only asking this for a bootstrap. This is istikhara. Uh -huh. yani I have not come across a hadith such a hadith, but uh, a similar hadith yani, was, uh, came in the issue of istikhara, and istikhara is asking Allah to choose for you. But uh, Allahu alam about the hadith you're mentioning, sister, yani, I have not come across it now. No. Maybe if you uh, send it to me, I can see if uh, this hadith is authentic first or not, and what is the proper understanding from the scholars of to this hadith, inshallah. This is, uh, I think this is a question on fiqh. I don't know if you want to answer this or no, not. MashaAllah, you have Sheikh Dhafar, MashaAllah. I am Tayammum, and he is the wudu. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it is my understanding that one of the conditions to making dua is to believe that Allah will answer your sincere dua, inshaAllah. Again, please. Sorry. It is my understanding that one of the conditions to making dua is to believe that Allah will answer your sincere dua, yes. insha'Allah. Yes. Is this a correct understanding? It's a correct understanding. To believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your dua. No. If a person is possessed by jinn and does not perform ruqyah and just puts his trust in Allah for his cure, uh, is this right or wrong according to the Quran and so well, it depends it depends yani this is uh, sad to say something that a lot of people today are affected with and if you are not aware of how to do ruqya then no you should ask because in this case you do not know what is the yani uh, the uh, proper medication or the proper solution to get get uh, cured from from what you suffer so if you don't no, ask ask for someone who who has more experience in how to deal with these situations to uh, lead you to how to do ruqya on yourself or to be for ruqya to be done on you no.
Is it permissible or is it okay to recite Bismillah while in the uh, the bathroom or the toilet doing wudu? Yeah, it is okay because the place where Bismillah is not. Yani, uh, I answer this question, although I have said I'm not going to answer this question because I was asked verbally earlier. And I said that uh, saying Bismillah or na- mentioning the name of Allah is impermissible in the state of actually yani, sitting. Na- sitting and, uh, you know. But uh, if you weren't in that place, that particular place, and you were in front of the sink, then the, no, it's not, it, it is not, uh, yani, it is not uh, forbidden. You can say Bismillah. If you're in the shower, you say Bismillah. If you're in front of the sink, you say Bismillah. That state which is forbidden, if while doing, while uh, releasing, whatever you release. Could you please clarify again the difference between isti'ana and isti'atha? No, isti'ana is seeking aid. By the way, isti'ana, isti'atha, isti'ana, and istighatha and isti'adha are all forms of du'a. All forms of du'a. Because they are all asking. Calling and asking. But isti'ana is calling and asking for something particular. Isti'adha, calling and asking for something particular. Isti'ana, uh, isti'adha, calling and asking for something particular. What's that particular thing in isti'ana? Seeking aid, asking for aid. What's that particular thing in istighatha? Asking for relief from hardship. What's that particular thing in, isti- in isti'adha? Is asking for refuge. Understood? Understood? Could you please explain yeah. the linguistic meaning of masjid? Masjid. No, masjid. We said the place of sujood or the uh, tool of sujood. Or the tool of sujood. Or the time. Could be used at the time you do sujood. This is linguistically, huh? This is linguistically. Could you also clarify again the difference between khawf and khashya and rahaba? Khawf is fear in general. Rahaba is a specific kind of fear. So is khashya. Rahaba, for example, a person who does not know how to escape a certain situation or how to uh, 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 face a certain situation, what does he do when he fears? Escapes. Because he doesn't have knowledge on how to deal with the situation. For example, uh, yani the person, for example, who is not a doctor, doesn't know how to deal with this certain illness, for example. So he escapes it. But a doctor who fears this illness, what does he do? He faces it because he has knowledge on how to, uh, to face it. So this fear, which is accompanied with knowledge, which is knowing what to do when having that fear, is khashiyah. And the other one is rahbah. Rahbah. Understood? Clear? The difference? No. Excuse me. No. No, isti'ana is two types. Yeah. Mm. 
it is not only haram. She's asking if isti'ana is done with a dead person in a grave. This is not only is haram, this is an act of shirk. Yeah, because it is seeking aid in something that only Allah could do. Because in this state, the person who is dead doesn't hear, nor does he seize, nor, nor is he able to do the means and reasons in the first place. So asking him is believing that he could do something that only Allah could do. In example, hearing while not being able to hear, not having the means of hearing. No. Yeah, yani why did we give you, uh, why did we say that to a certain act there's a type of ibadah, or, or it could be a, a type of, it could be a ibadah and it could not be. To conclude, to give you the conclusion that when it is a type of ibadah, it is not to be given to other than Allah. It is only to be given to Allah alone. And if you give it while it's being a type of ibadah to other than Allah, it is, a, it is an act of shirk. Okay, this is going to be the last two questions because we're out of time. Uh, we do have all the questions that haven't been answered. We've kept them and we're going to try to figure out a way to get them all answered. Uh, we'll announce how we decide to get them answered shortly, inshallah. Uh, maybe we'll send out an email to all the people who registered. So we're just going to take two more questions, one from the brothers and one from the sisters, and then we're going to close, inshallah. Uh, Ustad, can you please explain how to attain khushur in prayer? Look at the place of sujood. Look in the place of sujood and learn the meanings of the Quran. Learn the meanings of the Quran and learn the meanings of the invocations said in a salah. Because uh, uh, it was uh, one of the interpretations to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Those who attain khushu' in their salah, one of the interpretations of the sahaba, or the uh, rightly guided ancestors, they said those who look to the place of the sujood as the Prophet sallallahu ordered. So this is... Uh, 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 one of the powerful means and reasons to attain khushu' in salah يعني, don't look right and left but look only to that place of sujood and inshallah you will attain khushu' and of course this is also by knowing the meanings of the Quran the meanings of the invocations what do you say when you say in salah subhana rabbi al-azim what does that mean subhana rabbi al-ala allahu akbar alhamdulillah what does that mean if you learn those meanings then your heart, you will get your heart busy with those meanings. Busy with thinking about those meanings. Thus, this is khushu'ah. Well, because those meanings containing things that are sought from Allah, your heart will be busy يعني, applying those meanings in your thought and in your heart as well. Now, tawbah. No, don't close your eyes. Yani the uh, scholars of jurisprudence have uh, yani, uh, detail in this. They say if there is something uh, yani, um, distracting you, you can. But inshallah, this is asked from Sheikh Zafar, inshallah. He will give you a proper answer, Okay, this is just a two-part question, but the first part is, uh, inshallah, is a short answer. Inshallah. Uh, do the hadith about uh, seeking knowledge apply to all forms of knowledge or Islamic knowledge no, specifically? No, the knowledge which is obligatory upon each and every person is the knowledge which uh, corrects your ibadah. 
basically you have things that are obligatory upon you to do is everything ob obligatory upon you to do do you have to uh, be knowledgeable of uh, how to distribute the inheritance hmm? is everyone obliged to do so no but everyone is obliged to pray everyone is obliged to fast so those those uh, acts of worship prayer fasting you have to do and in order to do them correctly you have to learn how to do them okay so the knowledge which is obligatory upon each and every person is that knowledge which corrects the obligatory ibadah only the knowledge which corrects your obligatory ibadah whatever is beyond that is preferred yes it is obligatory but it becomes whatever is beyond that becomes obligatory on a group of people who are the scholars understood and this is what they call fard kifaya and fard ain fard kifaya and fard ain fard ain is something which is obligatory upon each and every individual this knowledge which is fard ain is the knowledge which is mentioned in the hadith okay and the fard kifaya is the obligation of sufficiency that means whatever is beyond that, beyond knowing what corrects your ibadah, like knowing the dispute of the scholars, and knowing how to distribute inheritance, and knowing how to judge between people, and knowing uh, whatever is beyond that, this is obligatory, yes, but on a group of, of uh, people that suffice others. That's, what, that's why it's called Fardu Kifaya. No. No. No, these are the hadith, most of the hadith in Waratha are, are not, 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 not authentic. But, even with, the, with, the, with this hadith, we can understand it in a certain way, in a certain way, yes, on a group of scholars, not on everyone. Because, even logically, not everyone can understand this ilm, this knowledge which is inheritance. Inheritance is the most difficult, difficult, yeah, any uh, fields of knowledge of Islamic knowledge is how to distribute inheritance. Yeah, and I have studied inheritance three times, and only the third time I understood. Only the third time. And because I've I've been blessed with a good teacher, otherwise the first time. And the inheritance they say is the only uh, field of knowledge which, if you go more deeper in, the the deeper you go, the harder it becomes. So not anyone can uh, learn yani, uh, this. Uh, so uh, the right understanding of the hadith, that it is, yes, obligatory, faridha, but on a certain group of people, understand? Okay, this is uh, just the last question, and uh, the brother who had the clarification earlier that we said we'd answer, yeah. uh, after the question, we'll just answer yes, his yes. clarification, okay? Uh, so the question is, uh, hating uh, people for the sake of Allah, no. uh, does this only apply to hating their beliefs and acts of worship, or does it apply to uh, hating the persons as well? No, hating the persons. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the disbelief is not imagined separate, separate from the disbeliever. For example, I can't say, I can't say hey, I went to the souk and I saw your laugh running in the souk, or I saw your uh, height. So the description is not imagined separated from the one who carries this description okay allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said as in surah uh, as-saf 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَدْ كَانَتْ لَكُمْ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ فِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهِ إِذْ قَالُوا لِقَوْمِهِمْ إِنَّا بُرَآءُ مِنْكُمْ وَمِمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ نعم ممتحين Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says See, in Mumtahina, uh, Surah number 60, verse number 4, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed. See, this verse, let it be in front of you. Indeed, there has been a, a, an excellent example for you in Ibrahim. Look. And those with him, when they said to their people, Verily, we are free from you. We are free from you. And whatever, see, both. And whatever you worship besides Allah, we have rejected you. And there has appeared between us and you hostility and hatred. Forever until you believe in Allah alone. Until you believe in Allah alone. Now, verse number four. Okay, sir, please. Just repeat the yes, question yeah. again. Bid'ah? Uh -huh. Yes. Yes, okay. The linguistic meaning of bid'ah is anything new. Anything new is called a bid'ah. I'm a bid'ah, you're a bid'ah, with all due respect. Because you're some, we are new. We are new, we, have, we were, weren't existing, now we're existing, something new, something that came after it wasn't, after it wasn't there. This is the linguistic meaning of bid'ah, anything new. In Islam, Islamic meaning, the bid'ah is something new in something specific, which is in religion. Something new only in religion. Well, there. So, for example, the... Uh, yeah, any... Uh, for example, يعني, hanging the verses, and uh, all that, we said it's a bid'ah. Because it is something new in religion. Because the Prophet ﷺ never came with such teachings. Okay? Now, it is a bid'ah in religion. And, it also, and it's also a bid'ah linguistically. Linguistically, being something new that, that, that didn't happen before. And this, you see the difference? So, uh, for example, as-salah, is it a bid'ah? Uh, we say, Islamically, no, it isn't, because it is not something new in Islam, in religion. But as-salah, is it a bid'ah linguistically? Yes, because prayer was not there before. Understood? It is something new. Salah is something new. Because it is something that Allah has ordained and wasn't, be wasn't there before. So it is something new linguistically, in the linguistic meaning. Something new, something people did, didn't do before. Before the existence of us people, there wasn't any salah. So salah came after, right? So coming after, salah coming, meaning it is salah, it is something new. So it is a bid'ah in that sense, in that linguistic sense. But Islamically, 
Islamically, what is the meaning of bid'ah? Bid'ah is something new that isn't of the religion. How do we know what is of the religion and what is not? By the teachings of the Prophet So whatever the Prophet did not teach us or does not fall under does not fall under a principle of Sharia which the Prophet stated or uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran then it is a bid'ah in religion. Wadih? Before, before Adam, was it there? It's something new in that sense, understood? That's it, that sense. No. I said that tawakkul is the reliance of what? The heart. Otherwise, reliance in its broad understanding is called i'timad. I'timad. Okay? So, when you rely on something, okay, it could include the will of Allah and His creation, and it could not. It could not be in something that only Allah could do, and it could be something that uh, other than Allah can do. Okay? Now, relying on the money as means, but by what? By the heart or by the body parts? Huh? By me, money as means and reasons to buy and sell. Do you do that by the, by the heart or by the body parts? By the body parts. Well, yeah. But we meant the relying of the heart to make those means, which, are, which is the money, for example, here, bring about the outcomes. Understood? See the difference? No. Uh, it was a greater opportunity to... Uh, yeah, any, be gathered together with my, my brothers and sisters in Islam and to uh, study together uh, the word of Allah and the word of His Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and uh, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala help us in uh, seeking more knowledge and acting upon it for His sake and make it easy for us and may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gather us all in His paradise with his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, the righteous who have followed him. Amen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of our deeds, Amen. me and the brothers and sisters and the brothers uh, uh, managing karima. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all Amen. and bless our steps in, uh, in seeking knowledge and passing it to others. Amen. So I, I hereby uh, remind myself and the brothers and sisters in Islam to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to take this as the first step or a step, a, a, a wake-up call that this is the thing that you should be aware of, that you should be knowledgeable about. It is the, 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 your creed, your tawheed. It is knowing how to worship Allah alone. This comes before everything. This comes before everything. So let this be a reminder to myself and to the dear brothers and sisters in Islam to work on this before anything else. Before anything else. And uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if we do not meet again in this uh, dunya, that we meet again, inshaAllah, in his paradise. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen.
Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa ant nastaghfirka wa natubu ilayh.